Hey, Geektitude listeners. I love gaming just as much as Joe loves gaming, and we love to talk about World of Warcraft and talk with people about it. So listen to Frazzlecast, a weekly podcast where we talk with people from around Azeroth and beyond. Find us at gnomepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast players. Just for spelling the name, it's F-R-A-Z-L-C-A-S-T. I should have thought better for naming that. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! My name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 141 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined today by a very, I think, excited Ray. Oh my God, Joe. (laughs) So that we can spoil the hell out of something that has been looked forward to for like over a decade. I don't even know how we're going to do this, to be honest with you. (laughs) <laughs> I'll I, get into it, but yeah, I mean, I, I basically went through a, a video that was like all the, all the um, Easter eggs that you missed kind yes, of thing. And they did everything in, yeah. And they did it in sequential order. So I'm just like, all right, take notes, take notes, take notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I usually do take notes um, on a movie that we're going to review. Most of the time I'll see it twice by the time you and I review it. And the second time around, I'll sit in the very back of the theater and I'll just like take notes on my phone, like as the movie's playing and just be like, okay, you know, this is, this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to talk about. Um, I have seen infinity. I mean, Endgame twice, mm-hmm. uh, but I did not take notes either time. And it just feels so massive. So I was super glad. This is the first time. I log into our show notes before we record and I see that you have notes. So I was like, thank God. Because <laughs> yeah, because usually you're the one who does all the notes. <laughs> yeah. And I did not do that. I couldn't. I try I I don't know. Whatever. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Um just a real quick, you know, we 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 have um 
our our weekly geekery, which we do because of um, because it's what we do, and we like to catch up. But I think we want to dive right into it. So I think what we're going to do is we're just going to look at the timestamp for a while. So we'll, we'll do the the weekly geekery, just talk about really quickly some of the stuff we've been up to, and then do um, kind of half of what we're talking about in the first chunk. Go to a commercial when it feels like a good stopping point and then finish off. So I think yeah. that's what we're going to do today. Cool. Um, what have you been up to other than just anticipating this amazing movie? Oh man, I'm in the thick of it with my grad program this semester. Um, so really that's what I've been spending most of my time on that and work. Um, my, uh, I, I had kind of a, kind of a, a, a wake up call, uh, recently where I was talking to one of my advisors in the program and he was like, you know what, to be honest with you, he's like the production for me just hasn't been there this semester so far. And, you know, you're not, you're not making the stuff that, you know, uh, uh, we were looking for you to make. And I was like, Oh crap. Like, so with all, with all this, you know, time that I'm dedicating and like trying to like make sure I manage my time. Right. Like, it was, it was true that I was not yet still even with that making, you know, every completing all the assignments and stuff that I needed to complete. So I'm like, wow, that's, I, that really, uh, uh, made me reevaluate like how, how much, how am I spending my time? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. is it possible to work full time and complete a grad program? Like, Oh, no wonder everyone said it's impossible <laughs> because right, right. you know, it's, it's, it's like, it might be impossible. So really Joe, like I've just been like in the studio, like trying to finish, you know, and, and not just when I say finish, like it's an art program. So I'm not just banging out paintings you know like it's not like right, it's right, like right. just write a paper or whatever it's like no like i'm making art here i know it sounds kind of like lofty but when you really think about it like i'm trying to you know make something significant and so that's not just going to happen you know as long as i put in you know a certain number of hours a week it's just going to be happen by default it doesn't really work like that so uh, aside from that um my my new kind of soothing you know i'm too exhausted to think kind of escape which is funny how you and i always talk about how we manage to find those um i started watching the sopranos which was one of those shows that you know everyone raves about and or has always raved about being like one of the top shows you know ever made and it was always on my list you know of like oh yeah i'll get to that show someday and so this time, I mean, I was in between stuff and I was like, well, I finished that and I rewatched that already, you know, you know what, let me give this a shot. And I'm just like in the thick of it. I'm like in the middle of season four. I know it's not very geeky, although I think, you know, you and I have talked about anything could be geeky, really, if you yeah, geek out yeah. about it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So that's pretty much, I mean, that and the start of, or the restart of Game of Thrones, this latest season. Um, which that's only like, you know, once a week, one episode, you know, every Sunday night. And there's only like, I think six or seven episodes in this last season. So that's just kind of like that one little thing, but pretty much if I'm not working or painting or sleeping, um, I'm, I'm having dinner watching the Sopranos. It's really cool. Yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> I, I really like it. It's really good. Um, it's really cool when you hear something is great and then, you try not to get your hopes up, but like everyone says it's great. And then you watch it and you're like, oh man, this is great. Like it really like, and then you just know you're in the hands of like good storytellers and you're just like, oh yes, I can just let this 
wash over me, which is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause, oh my God, like I'll, I'll, I'll let you do your weekly geekery thing uh, right now. But I started to see some of the headlines and I was like, oh no, like everyone's talking it up, saying it lives up to the hype. Like, no, don't do that to me. Uh, <laughs> but it all, it all worked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll just go very quickly. I I have been playing a game, and I'm only throwing this out there because I know sometimes our listeners play um, mobile games and sometimes think that nobody else plays them or would like somebody to join their guilds or whatever. Um, I've been playing Empires and Puzzles, and it's one of those things where it's basically like Candy Crush, but you like build up teams and you fight battles using the, um, the that puzzle technique. And so I've been kind of anytime I have like five minutes where I'm just sitting waiting for something to happen, like waiting for us to leave Mm. for something or, you know, just before I go to bed or as I'm getting ready in the morning, I'll just go in, log in, kind of collect all my resources and then, you know, play when I have 10 or 15 minutes. So it's just kind of a nice time killer game. So if anybody's out there has been looking at Empires and Puzzles and wondering if you should do it, I am having fun with it. And if you are part of yeah, and if you're part of a, an alliance, let me know because I don't have one right now and I don't really <laughs> know how they work. So just throwing that out there. Um, that sounds like ha- uh, something very different than what you usually play. Yeah, it's it's a very. I mean, I've always played kind of Candy Crush games to just kind of chill and relax. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've I don't play Candy Crush anymore, but I play a lot of those types of games. Mm-hmm. And um, and this one's just kind of nice because it it kind of has a Pokemon effect where you collect heroes and. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of, it, it, it checks a lot of boxes. What's it called? Empires and puzzles. All right. That sounds, um, that sounds like something I'm going to check out so that when I'm on my phone and I don't want to be on social media, I can be doing something. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good cool. one for that. It's been a <laughs> lifesaver this last three days because I didn't get to see it until Saturday. <laughs> oh, wow. What? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, well, I don't know. How reason- you pull that off? Well, the reason for that is because um, since I had my accident, I have been dealing with the the cast, and that finally got taken off a couple weeks ago, and and now I have to do physical therapy, which is twice a week, uh. and I, I'm trying not to miss any more school than I already have, and I mean, I have thank God I saved up sick days because I am eating through them like you wouldn't believe. Um, and so that's where a lot of my times come. I've got to do exercises like three and four times a day. And now I've got this strength training exercises I've got to add to it. Yeah. So I'm just like, this has been the biggest pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. I hated physical therapy when I hurt my knee. I didn't do it well. It really, really, really pays off and is important for you to do it well. You know what I mean? And yes. Like yes. Really be present and don't just go through the motions. But that is like so. That's like the hardest thing for me to do. Uh, so I'm glad you're you're really you know dedicating the time that it requires. Um, and also, oh, I kind of wish I was still a sub. This would have been like my, my semester oh. to like it, we would have been co teachers this semester. <laughs> well, and it's funny because you know um, uh, our our other sub Lisa that we you know tends to be our our top sub yeah. has been long term subbing. And we have another long-term sub who's been covering another – we've had two long-term subs. So um, so I'm just basically rolling the dice and going, kids, you're on your own because I have oh. to not be here. Oh and, 
it just I just kind of leave them whatever I can do so that they could kind of like they have been responsible for moving their lessons forward and that I can right. try and fix it. But it's been rough and and I just I kind of want I need this this year to be over so I can kind of just focus on recuperating and and move into being healthy. Jeez. But um oh, but man. I finally yeah, I finally got to go into wow again full time because so, you know, I guess like in the mornings before Matt wakes up, I play wow. And that's about, that's about the extent of my, my geekiness. Um, I did have a chance on Thursday to go to um, trivia with my friend Rob and I've never done the like bar trivia. Oh, cool. I've heard that's fun. It actually was really fun. And I was like, I, I am not a trivia person. I think I had traumatic experiences when I was little and uh, <laughs> you know, people would play trivia and I wouldn't know any of the answers and feel like an idiot. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm always nervous when it comes to trivia, but I, I felt like I, I contributed well. Um, the one that we lost it on. And I was like, I, I, I didn't feel confident enough. Like I knew I was right but I didn't feel confident enough to double down. And that gives you like either double points or if you miss one to zero points. And I'm like, mm. I can't do it guys. You can't double down on this. Oh. But the question, the question was, what are the five big safari animals in Africa? And I knew, you know, everybody's like elephant, rhino, lion. Okay. Those are, those are givens. I knew that one was the water buffalo and one was the leopard, but leopard isn't one of those animals that everybody thinks of in Africa. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm positive. And one of the people that was playing with us was like, I definitely know water buffalo is one of them. I mean, water, um, not, um, wildebeest is what we were saying. Oh, okay. Wildebeest. And, um, but yeah, she's like, are you sure about leopard? And I'm like, I'm 90% sure. And so I'm, I'm just going, dear God, please let it be. <laughs> the the leopard and it was the leopard it wasn't the wildebeest it was the water buffalo oh. and and so both of us looked at each other and we're like seriously the one that we both like we just we just named the wrong animal we knew it was like oh, the big the big damn. cow-like thing <laughs> we yeah. just didn't get the right big cow yeah Dang, I wouldn't have got any of those. <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to go next time. Now I'm like, no, I'm not going up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they had like they had like a a like where they give you a picture and you have to identify the people in the picture. And it mm-hmm. was bands from the nineties that had one hit were one hit wonders. <laughs> oh, and I, I just sat I just sat back and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is not me. Yeah, I would have got that one probably. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like fun. I've always wanted to try that and I've just never actually made it out to to try a trivia night. But we'll try once you are once you're on break and you don't have to worry about about like grinding your your grad projects, we'll maybe yeah. get you out for a night. That would be fun. Yeah, this summer. I would love that. Cool. Yeah. We'll plan that. All right. So we have weekly geekery. Yes. Where where do you want to start, Ray? Like, I will let you decide. We could just go anywhere you want with this thing. I don't even know, man. This is so massive. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Um, what? First of all, obviously, massive spoilers. <laughs> massive, yes, I mean, like, like every spoiler. spoiler you can possibly think of, we are going to talk about today. It's so cool because I feel like spoiler, like spoilers as a thing, like is officially. Like everyone is like being sensitive to spoilers about Endgame. Like 
everyone mm-hmm. is aware of spoilers like and like very seriously very genuinely you know what i mean not like right. sarcastically like uh spoilers like i've seen a little bit of that just because i spend too much time on twitter but mm-hmm. pretty much it's 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 pretty amazing how everyone is in on this. It feels like everyone is like, yeah, like this is important. You know, we, we, we you know, we have to be um, uh, sensitive about this. No one can spoil Endgame. You know, that's, that's been pretty cool. Yeah. And what I, what I, I had to kind of remind the people I was with when we walked out, cause the minute we walk out, you want to start talking about it. And it's like, wait till the car. Yes. <laughs> there are people around you. Wait till yes. we get to the car. Yes. When I was, when we were standing waiting to go into the theater and people started to come out, I was like, la, 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 like with my uh-huh, like, fingers uh-huh. in my ears, because as soon as I heard someone start talking, I just like went away. I was like, no, like I, I don't want to hear anything. And people never think about that. So yeah, kudos right. to you. That's awesome. Um, what was I want to know? Just like give me like your your big like your give me your overall experience. Like what was um, it like to go? What was it like to to know that you were going to see this? To be sitting in the theater like you know afterward. What is the theater like? Like I want to know all that. Well, I mean, I'm out in, I'm out in Palm Springs. So like getting, I got, I got tickets like two weeks after everybody else did. It didn't have a problem and we couldn't get Friday or Thursday or Friday, but Saturday was plenty open. So, um, and I wouldn't have been able to see it on any of the previous days either way, cause we had family in town. But, um, but for me, it was like, okay, it's going to be quiet. It's going to be subdued. There was more cheering in Palm Springs theater than I have ever experienced before. Um, Did you see it at night or during the day? During the day. It was a three o'clock uh, uh, okay. matinee. Okay. And then um, my, Matt made fun of me for the two days leading up to it because I was doing all the research on how do you get through a three-hour movie without having to pee. <laughs> and I'm not talking about, oh, just don't drink during the show. I was like, we need to be done with lunch by noon. We need to be like, I I had my coffee to get my caffeine fix in at like six in the morning and only had one cup. Like I did everything (laughs) you could possibly do because I am like, not only do I not want to have to leave at some point to pee, but I do not want the last hour and a half to be me sitting there going, oh my God, I'm in pain because I'm not going to enjoy the movie. So right, like, right, right, right. Like Matt did not understand how seriously I was taking this until I'm like, no, dude, you can keep making fun of me, but we will be done with breakfast by noon. <laughs> so get this. Um, one of the, I read online that uh, on Twitter that that was one of the top questions that people were asking people like that had already seen the film. Um, mm-hmm. When is a good time to go pee? But that was actually one of the top like three questions being asked. And I would argue <laughs> I would argue there was no good time to go pee. Yeah, yeah. I I also made sure that I was not gonna have to leave to 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 go to the bathroom uh during the film. I just like I usually buy like this big coke and blah blah. I didn't do any of that. I was like, nope, no. I'm not leaving this movie. Matt goes, you don't want popcorn? You don't want, I'm like, nothing. <laughs> I want nothing in my system. <laughs> well, I saw it on Thursday night um, at a 10 p.m. showing Thursday night. And let me just tell you, I panicked a little bit when tickets went on sale because um, everything was sold out. Right. Like, everything sold out. Like, I was, I was in multiple, like, queues on Fandango 
the morning that tickets went on sale and like you couldn't get through anything. And I started to panic a little bit and I finally found um, a couple of seats uh, at this theater, not, not, not too far from where I live in Santa Ana. Um, and they were, it was an 11 PM showing on a Thursday night where I had work in class the next morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, you know, for a three hour movie, I mean, geez, at 11. Um, and the seats were way up close for closer than I'm comfortable sitting and uh-huh. off, off to one side. Right. Oh. But, but it was what was available and I bought them. It was like, it was like not like front row, but like, you know, third row or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in a, in a massive theater, like on a massive screen. And I kept looking after I got those, I just kept looking that morning, uh, got a lot of work done in the office that morning. And um, <laughs> I found another pair um, of tickets in a slightly smaller theater. So in slightly in smaller theaters, if you sit up close, it's not it's not that big a deal. It, 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 I found that because usually the screen is a little bit smaller or or a lot smaller in some cases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know it's it just so so those were for a 10 p.m. showing, which I'm like okay, it's an hour earlier, but it's in Long Beach, which is kind of far, a little bit below of a drive from where I live. Um, they were those like nice cushy recliner seats. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were also kind of close. They were like third row all the way over to the other end. And I was like, shit, neither of these are ideal, but now I have two pairs of tickets on my hands and I can decide which one I want to use to go see this movie. Uh, my friend, uh, my BFF, Suzanne, who, who, you know, was going to go with me was like, well, the cushy seats sound nice. And I'm like, not necessarily like I'm going to be <laughs> tired. You know, I've been losing a lot of sleep this semester, you know, like I don't want to make myself too comfortable and fall asleep. Not that I don't know. Like I was worried about like all these things. Like what if I start getting sleepy? What if, you know, this and that I try to get like lots of sleep the night before I try to take a nap when I got home from work before we went, none of that worked. Like I couldn't sleep. I was so excited to watch this. Right. Movie. Right. Um, so what I did, Joe, uh, <laughs> The week of, um, I actually, uh, oh, 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 wait, let me, let me finish this part. So what happened was I got my tickets that morning, uh, even though it was crazy and I had two pairs to decide between. And then like a week or so later, one of my coworkers is like, Hey, so I thought, you know how all like the tickets were sold out. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I think they're adding tickets because I just like went online today and got like these really great seats, like, you know, at, at a 6 p.m. showing like by my house. And I'm like, oh, fuck, they probably started to add screenings or something or oh, people are yeah. or people are returning tickets or I don't know what. But he's like, yeah, just you know how sometimes like when you're trying to get tickets to a concert, they sell out right away. But then if you just keep trying, like in the next few days, like sometimes mm-hmm. tickets will pop up. So that's mm-hmm. what was happening. So I told myself the week of, like on Monday or Tuesday before the sh- uh, showing, I told myself, you know what? I'm just going to look up and see if I can find tickets. And sure enough, I found tickets for this old little theater inside the mall down the street from my house. And um, not the best sound quality, uh, not, you know, a tiny screen, um, but the tickets were right dead in the center, which is where I like to sit. Um, and they were recliner seats. It was a 10 PM showing, but like 10 PM, like right by my house, it's going to take me like five minutes to get there. And so now I had three, I'm not kidding, Joe. I had three (laughs) pairs of tickets for this showing. And I'm like, I, I'm going to do some reconnaissance. So I actually went 
to each theater and tested out the seats to see. I watched other movies in the same exact seats that I had for in for Endgame. Oh my god! Because <laughs> I wanted that's amazing. Because I wanted to see what it looked like from my vantage point, from where I was going to be sitting, wow. and I wanted to test the sound and everything. Um, so the Long Beach one was too far away. I already knew, and it was a it was this like um, you know, one of those like shopping media centers. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be nuts. Uh, like, to come out here, we're going to have to get early to find parking and blah, blah. I'm like, nah, forget it. So I let the Long Beach seats go. I went to the one off of Catella by here. And I'm like, ugh, it's just, like, so far off to the side. It's okay. You know, it's not ideal, but it's okay. It's an 11 p.m. showing. I'm not going to be getting to bed till after 3 in the morning probably that night. Mm-hmm. So then I went to... Oh God! And I sat through half of some like horrible movies, Joe. <laughs> like, <laughs> finally, I went to the theater by my house and I watched um, the first half of the new Pet Cemetery remake, which is awful. And uh, those, I was worried because it's like, man, that's the most convenient. It's close to my house. It's a 10 p.m. showing, comfy chairs, middle of the theater. Like that's that. I just, but everything I read online was the screen is too dark. The sound is not loud enough, like blah, blah, blah. You know, like it's a shitty rundown theater. The, st- the chairs are sticky, like all this stuff. And so I was worried about that. But I went and I checked it out and it was fine. It was actually nice. nice. So that's the one we went to. We went to literally like five minutes down the street from my house. You know, it wasn't packed at all. It was inside a mall. The mall was was empty by that point. Um, and another thing I noticed was everyone was psyched. Like Thursday yeah. night, Thursday screenings, like everyone there was ready to go, like fully invested, like cheered multiple times. Like it was great. Like they, you know, people, some people were cosplaying. Some people were like in their PJs with like blankets. Like it was, it was fun. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, so obviously they're the big moments that we've debated over and over again. How's this going to happen? Who's going to die? How are they going to move on with the franchise? Like we're going to get to all that, but was there a moment that you liked that wasn't as big that kind of surprised you? Like you were like, "Oh my god, I love this." Yeah, there was a lot of um, there was a <laughs> lot of those little moments, and I think that they really tried hard to pack the film with those moments. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. I knew I was in trouble where because I mean I'm I'm an emotional person, um, and becoming more and more so as I get older, um. So I knew, like, I, you know, I'm like, there's going to be, I'm going to cry like a child during these, this movie. Oh, yeah. And I went through the entire show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew I was in trouble from, like, the first moment that could possibly be emotional. I was already weepy. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> I am not prepared for this. God, what was that moment? Um, It was... Uh, let me see. Because I like the way they structured the film. Well, what was your moment? What, what was the... Uh... Well, I've already said this on a couple of spots in, in social media, but I I feel like they gave us the Valkyrie that we never realized we wanted because how awesome was it to see Valkyrie flying around in this giant white winged horse fighting oh, aliens? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I didn't even know I wanted this, but this is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, that winged horse was so 
Um, like it stood out in all the battle scenes too. You knew when Valkyrie was in the scene because she was on this huge fucking flying horse. Yeah, it was just this epic. It it just it like took the epicness and just bumped it up a notch. I mean, there were so many epic moments, but it was just one of those little things that was like. I did not know I was going to love this part. I was going to be like, okay, Valkyrie will be in it. We already know this. It was in the previews. We know this, but we had no, I had no idea. I was going to be like, I just want a Valkyrie movie now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there was so many little character interactions, like with like Captain America and black widow, Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, um, that just like each one of those, I was like, oh, that was so good. Like that was, I kept th- t- thinking to myself, wow, that was so well done. Like, wow. Yeah. They really played that scene. Well, wow. Mm-hmm. Like that was a great little story moment. You know what I mean? It was like over right. and over and over and over again. I was like, oh my God. Oh, when they're, when, um, rocket, uh, walks off of the ship. And, uh, when they, when they return and, uh, when they first, first, like, like come join the the main players and mm-hmm. he sits next to uh nebula and he just she's like sitting there like sat and he just reaches over and like like they hold hands oh right. my god dude oh i was yeah. like i yeah. was already like crying I'm like these are the two most like nihilistic like abrasive like you know uh uh fucking angry characters in in guardians of the galaxy franchise and they're the only two left and they only have each other. They've lost the rest of their family and they're just like being so affectionate with each other. You know, I was, like- I was so like Nebula was one of my least favorite characters in the Marvel cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. And I think she became one of my favorite in this movie. Like, I yeah. feel like, I feel like, um, and I, I don't do the actress names real well, but um, Karen Gillian. Yeah. I, I feel like, she has the patience of Job because she got through so many movies where her character was just kind of there yeah. or, or screamy. And she had so many amazing moments. Like I, I honestly think she's going to become a lot of people's favorite characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I thought about that too in this film. Like I thought, wow, Renee Russo as Thor's mom. Yeah. Had, had more lines in this movie than the two previous Thor movies she was in combined. Mm-hmm. And it's like how, first of all, how cool for her to be able to play off, pay off these dramatic character moments, you know, in this film where her character never really got that before, but also how fucking smart to cast someone like Renee Russo in that tiny little, you know, pro role in those previous films that like totally pays off now. Yeah. You know, those are some really emotional scenes. Um, or Karen Gillan is nebulous actress. Anyway. Yeah. That was, that was really cool to see. And I'm, I'm, again, it's just another, like those, those little moments. Um, and I thought it was really gutsy of them to like structure the film the way they did, because the first half hour or so or more, almost the first half of the film is just all just dramatic character moments, character interactions, character scenes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. There's no capes. No, there's no powers. There's no spandex. There's no nothing. It's just all quiet. Like it's confident. The movie's confident enough to just build 
they, they know that they have to balance off like this, all this spectacle that we're building to, they have to balance it off with the character stuff. Yeah. And they devote the entire first half of the film just to that. Yeah, no, it was, it was so completely well-balanced. It, it, it revved up. I mean, just the fact, just the fact that they killed off. Okay. Spoilers. <laughs> if you haven't jumped out yet, last chance. Um, the fact that they killed off Thanos 10 minutes in and it just became not about Thanos anymore. Yeah. I thought that was brilliant. Like yeah. it happened and I'm like, okay, I'm confused, yeah. but I'm going to. Yeah, that was it. great. Yeah. That was great because it totally played with audience expectations. Yeah. At that point, I'm like, okay, I really have no idea how this is going to end. <laughs> so what did you – okay, so um, who? how did you think Tony and Nebula were going to get back to Earth? Because it, it, I, so many times I was like, oh, yeah, duh. But at the moment, I was surprised when Captain Marvel showed up. Take them home. Well, that's it's so funny because I don't know. I feel like I've talked about a lot of the things. I'm, I'm not. I'm not at all patting myself on the back, but I felt like there were a lot of things that I kind of figured were going to happen that did. Like um, I think we had talked about the um, the way Cap was going to exit out of the. Yeah, and I, I and we we kind of got it sort of. Um, I yeah. think we, we both were like, yeah, I don't know how this moves on with, with Robert Downey Jr. Not dying as Iron Man. Right. Um, right. I had been talking about, and I hadn't gotten a chance to talk to you about it. Maybe I mentioned it in a, a Facebook comment or something. I'm like, I wonder if we're going to get smart Hulk. Oh yeah. Professor Hulk. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then I, I kind of always knew that. I just assumed that they were going to bring um, that Captain Marvel was going to bring Tony Stark home. Like, right. We knew we were going to get Ronan. We knew that, that Haw- there was going to be a scene where Hawkeye loses his whole family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there were a lot of moments that were just kind of expected, but they weren't dwelled on and they were mixed in with so many moments that were like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Totally. Like when, like, I, I like that whole thing of like Tony and Nebula, like trying to like pass the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like playing like the paper football stuff. And like, she's like learning more and more, like how to be a human uh-huh. or, or how to, you know, like I, I have some humanity into her. You know what I mean? Like, like just little, little, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like the competition doesn't have to be life or death. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? One of the, I watched and I, I, I will try and put a link to it, but I watched a, a thing um, from screen rant that basically was, that was the Easter egg part that I went through and mm. they were talking about how significant that moment was because you have to remember every time she lost to Gamora, when they were fighting one-on-one, yes. her father replaced a body part, a part of her. Yeah. Yeah. To make her better and a better killing machine. Yeah. So the fact that she could, you know, win or lose with no consequence. Right. Right. He was huge. Yeah. He was just fair game and he just wanted to shake her hand and just be like, that's it. And she was like, Oh, I enjoyed that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, That was, yeah. Yeah. I love so many things like that. If you've been following these characters and if you know their experiences up to this point, like the scenes in addition to just being entertaining and fun or dramatic in the moment, mm-hmm. also like we're building these, you know, like the, the, their character arcs. Um, 
So, and then she like eventually gives Tony like, you know, the last of the food mm -hmm. and she like kind of cares for him as he's like dying, you know, cause he's running out of oxygen. And I don't think they made it clear whether or not, um, whether or not Nebula requires oxygen to survive. I don't know. But, um, and then I didn't realize that I, I did later, but I didn't realize that rocket was on the ship with them. He didn't, they didn't really show him, but then he walks off the ship. Once captain Marvel brings the ship back to earth. No, oh, no, I don't um, think he's on the ship with them because he was down on the, not? no, no, no. He was in. Wakanda. Oh yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I, the speculation that I sort of believed was that Gwyneth Paltrow, Pepper Potts was going to rescue them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Wearing, wearing her armor that is literally called rescue yes. in the, in the comics. Yes. So that that's how I thought they were, they were going to get back. Yeah. I, I, I do know. I do remember at one point I thought, thought that that was probably going to be the, the case. Like it was going to be one of those. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I saw it again last night. I watched it. Um, with a with a non fan kind of someone who's like seen the movies but like is not devoted to them really, and I saw it in a theater Saturday night theater. Um, you could I could tell that it was like people were excited to see it, but it was not a crowd of like comic book fans or like right. devoted Marvel fans because the reactions were so different right? <laughs> from Thursday night, like so different. And a lot of people were confused in a lot of moments. Right. Well, I know. I know. Which really, that surprised me. It, okay. So I have watched every movie with my husband, every single one of them. We have not missed a single movie. Um, we've only watched them once because we don't tend to go back and rewatch movies, but we have watched every movie at least once. Um, I would say, so when black widow did this, Oh, that's the redhead. Right. And I'm just like banging <laughs> my head against the desk. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, oh, I, I appreciate that we're recording this on, on Matt and Maya's seventh anniversary. I, I very much appreciate <laughs> the fact that he endures these things for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got, I got questions, uh, at last night's showing like, um, wait, how did they end up there? And I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, <laughs> they're like, are you kidding me? Oh no, no. Oh wait, wait, no, I remember. I remember. Okay. And then, uh, when, uh, Captain Marvel shows up and brings the ship down to earth and then the next scene, you know, they're, they're talking, they're, they're, they're standing inside the facility, whatever. And, um, you know, they're, they're talking about going to, to go get Thanos and how they're going to do that. And Thor comes out and tests Captain Marvel. And, and then <laughs> I can see people going like, wait, how do they know who she is? And I'm like, really? You can't make that like, like you can't make that leap of like they, they introduced themselves <laughs> to each other. Like you need, do you need that scene? Really? Yeah. Well, and, and it's like, somebody didn't wait till the end credits. Somebody. Cause I, those, yes. those people that you're always like, where, where are you? Where are you going? Where, why are you leaving? <laughs> you know, there's going to be two more scenes. What are you yeah. doing? What's funny though, is that I got up and left yesterday as soon as the credits started rolling. And you, I was that person that people were sitting down looking at me going, why are you leaving? What are you doing? And I'm like, uh, there's no end credits. <laughs> yes. Although there was apparently little sound effects at the end of the yeah. rolling credits. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that was supposed to be like the banging of Iron Man making. Well, some people say it's the banging of uh, Tony making the original Iron Man armor. Some are just yes. like, it's just to let you know that it's going to continue. Um, but it was like a little tribute sound bite. Yes. Yes. Um, 
So yeah, that, that what was your theater like? I mean, were people into it? Were they cheering? Um, they were. There were cheers. I think the two big cheers that that went up were when Cap threw uh, Thor's hammer. Oh my god, dude! Like I, I guess. I, I th- <laughs> we talk about crying and how often we cried during this, and and a lot of people think, yeah, there are a lot of sensitive, heart wrenching moments. But I also cried when Cap threw the hammer. And when he said Avengers assemble and all these moments where there are these things that you're like, I never thought that we would see this on screen. Yes. I was a mess during all of that from the moment that cap picks up and throws the hammer to like, you know, I would say halfway through the huge major battle scene, I was a sobbing mess Mm -hmm. when he's fighting Thanos with the hammer. Suzanne turned to me uh, afterwards. She said, we were walking out of the theater and she said, Oh my God, Ray, I thought you were going to lose your shit. (laughs) Like I like jumped out of my chair, not even joking. Like I jumped out of my chair, both fists in the air screaming. Like I lost it, Joe. Like that was the (laughs) moment I had been waiting for. And then like, I'm sitting down. And when, uh, when you hear a, a Falcon's uh, cap on your, on your left, right, oh, which is a gr- great, great callback, line. great callback. Um, I was, oh, I was, I was openly sobbing, like not even like tears. I mean, like weeping, like I was sobbing through that whole thing. Um, it's so funny to though to like chip out on. I just really, it's really interesting to me how audiences react because the op- like opening night. Everyone was there with me. Like, yes, everyone was clapping at multiple times, cheering through during all that, you know, cap with the hammer. Everyone's like, yes. Last night's theater, quiet, uh-huh. quiet con- confusion. People were like, wait, why? He's not, he can't pick up. No one could pick up the hammer, but Thor. And I want to go, I want to scream. He whosoever is worthy, you dumbasses. <laughs> like, come on, watch the movies. Uh, when did he, when, when did Thor give him the hammer? He's not, I'm like, oh my, my God. God. Like, people just were not like, really? Are you serious? Like, come on, don't you know the rules? Um, and that, but, but that moment when, you know, the cavalry arrives, that's when everyone clapped, that's when everyone cheered and cried. And I was like, okay, that moment. Uh, um, it it it's it's bigger than just you know the devoted Marvel fans. Right, you know what I right. mean? Like that's that's their that's their that's their field goal. That's their yes, yeah, yes. That's the gonna be the indelible like moment like of of this era of like movies. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people are gonna remember that. It, it goes beyond just you know the hardcore fan. Well, that that six minute section of like the Avengers coming out and then up to him saying Avengers assemble keeps getting thrown up and taken down <laughs> on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, I was watching it this morning. Cause it's just like, did I miss anything? It's such an epic moment. And I, I even started tearing up watching the YouTube video of somebody yeah. focusing on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just oh, yeah. such a powerful, like we've all been invested in this for so long and it was kind of the ultimate payoff. Yeah, I warned my date last night. I'm like, look, I'm going to get weepy during this film. 
just so you know, you know, I've already seen it once, but I know where, you know, and she was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, and then we're watching it and the whole movie, I was like, oh, I'm actually good. Like, no, like, you know, I experienced all this. I went through it the first time, but that moment I lost it. I was like, damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> again, like, there's no way I'm going to be able to make it through this scene. Um, yeah. People last night were, were, oh my God, the, the movie opens, no music, no credit, nothing. It just opens with Hawkeye training his daughter to yeah. be the next Hawkeye, right? Which is the first time they actually say Hawkeye, yeah. I believe. Um, he calls her that. And so you know where this, I mean, instantly, right? You're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is going to be that scene where they show that. And her daughter disappears and half the audience goes, oh, no. And I'm like, are you people serious? Like, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what you're watching? Like, is that? And then like he turns and the rest of his family's gone. And people are like already like, oh my God. Oh my God, they disappeared. And I'm going, Jesus Christ. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like we got these things called comics that you can go and like read. And like, if you like this kind of story, like, let me tell you, there's, you're not prepared for how much of it is out there. Well, in, in all fairness, there were, there were a couple of moments that I had like that because I was just kind of like, sometimes I think knowing what you know, doesn't help you. And, right. Yeah, that's true. And so that's when, true. when Captain Marvel is like, you probably won't see me for a long time. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's the way they say she's too powerful for this movie. And so yeah, we're just yeah. not going to let her be in it anymore. And I was like, oh, my God, what a waste. And then um, when she returns at the end, I'm like, well, duh, of course she's going to reshow. Like, it was kind of one of those yeah. things where, like, when she said it, I was just kind of – I didn't process it that way. I was kind of like, oh. Well, there was so much stuff going on, Joe. It was, like, hard. Like, you're just, just keeping up with, like, the main plot line was a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know? But they did say, I, I did read where they said that um, they wanted, and, I, and this is after the fact, obviously, um, they wanted to devote this movie to the six main original Avengers. Yeah. So that's, you know, so everyone else was going to take a backseat to the six, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it makes sense. And I want to talk to you before we're done on this podcast. I want to talk to you about how you feel about how those six character arcs were completed. Okay. We to go through each one. Cool. Okay. Um, um, do you want to yeah. start with that? That might be actually a good way of, of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Processing cool. I mean, the, the, the six. Yeah. Well, obviously the top two, the most important, you know, the, the, the connection that this whole franchise has been built on is uh, Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. And uh, I could see, while I was watching it, even the first time, I could see like, oh, this is Robert Downey Jr.'s big, like, you know, movie star moment. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. like they, they, you know, I'm sure one of the things that they promised him with this new con, this huge like contract, you know, was you're going to get your time to shine. You're going to get your scene, your dramatic scene. You're going to get to play as an actor, yeah. you know, that yeah. I'm sure every actor wants. <laughs> Um, and then, but, but I felt like it wasn't to the detriment of cap because it did feel like captain America's movie. In a lot of yeah. Things. I mean, like it, I feel that. like it was very good about splitting it between the two. I mean, I think it was very interesting, but not surprising that when they went through the Avengers at the end, um, in the credits, in the credits, they, yeah. they were talking, they, they end with Iron Man. Um, they end right. with Robert Downey Jr. Because he really, he's been in nine movies. Yeah, yeah, he started it. 
Yeah, he started the whole thing. And so, um, you know, in in a way, it really is. He is the the Avenger that that is responsible for the team. He is the leader, even if if Cap is the the soul. Right. And it, it pays off that whole arc where like um he's he starts out, we meet Tony Stark and he's very self-centered, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about him and uh his money and his lifestyle. He's got this like, you know playboy lifestyle going on he parties a lot and drinks a lot and then because of what happens to him in that cave uh in the desert he comes back changed and he wants to like stop making weapons and it's not about making stuff now or it's not about you know making money it's about what can i do how can i contribute to this world right right? right. and that's that's like the big like character that's like the turn that that sends him on this journey to like becoming iron man um and after that, he's pretty obsessed with that. I mean, he's pretty obsessed with, you know, first it goes from like, you know, I, I want to stop making weapons. And I think in the first movie, like a big deal is that he finds out that his weapons are being sold to like everyone, like the bad guys, you know, uh, uh, in multiple situations. Right. And um, and so that becomes like that thing where he needs to stop that. And then after that, going forward, it's about like protecting because he's. He has these like panic attacks, right? Where, where he's got PTSD from like the huge battle in New York. And that kind of, you know, it, it, it works itself out in negative ways, you know, leads him to building Ultron, which is a horrible thing. And then it leads him to like, you know, being on the side of the government with the Sokovia Accords, which is like civil war where he's like, yeah, you know, fuck freedom. We need to, we need to make sure we're safe. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's his whole thing about like protecting. He can't even sleep, right, you know, right. because he has these like horrible nightmares and visions. And so it was really touching to me at the end, you know, after he's given this sacrifice, because it's what he does in the first Avengers film, too. He thinks he's sacrificing himself to, you know, fly that nuke up through the portal to the Chitari. Mm-hmm. Um, and he survives that. And that, you know, that's what leads to his PTSD and stuff. Um, in this one, Pepper's like, you can rest now. Right. Like you did it. You won. You fulfilled that, you know, that thing that started when you came back from, you know, that cave. You've done it. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you you beat this huge looming threat. It, you know, you faced Thanos. Uh, now you can rest. And that's when he's like gone. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, they t- the whole thing with it's, it's interesting when you go back and watch some of these like videos that kind of sum up the movies that you've missed or how they tie into, to, Endgame, you know the the importance that Spider Man played and all that, and um, mm-hmm. and the character that I was just like, who in the hell is that? And had to go back and look up. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Harley Keener, who's the little kid in Iron Man three. Yes, um, you know because there's like one character in the funeral scene that I think most people were like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, <laughs> and, that young kid. Yeah, it's the little kid, but he's obviously much older now, and it's the same actor. Um, mm-hmm. Which it's kind of like wow they they did they they went deep on that one yeah <laughs> that was did, a deep cut awesome because it pays off that character interaction you know which was so important to that film and Iron Man or Tony Stark does take that kid under his wing mm-hmm. you know and and I think he supplies him with like a whole garage full of like cool like techno shit to play with right mm-hmm. and so now people are talking about well is that Harley Keener character going to become a more right. prominent character coming up. So that's, right. that's kind of interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it makes sense that that kid would be there because he probably kept in touch with Tony Stark this whole time. You know what I mean? Right. Tony probably mentored him on the, you know, so 
yeah, that was that was really cool. And I felt I feel like you can you can see this as a like I went back yesterday before I watched uh, uh, Endgame again last night, and I watched all the Captain America movies. Mm-hmm. So and and so watching Endgame last night was like the end of Captain America's arc. Right. But I could, I think, you know, if I, I'm going to watch Endgame again, probably, I wonder, I want to watch all the Iron Man movies and then watch Tony's arc. Yeah. You know? Well, it's like what I, what I thought was just brilliant, which I just, there's multiple times that I was just like, well done people. Well done. Is the fact that this entire movie, the fact that they have to go back in time to different movies and, and like, it truly is an homage to all their work because they actually have to incorporate something. They incorporate something from almost every movie into this storyline. It's, yeah. it's incredible. And they didn't, they were like, I, I don't feel like there was much setup there at this point. No. This movie is about paying off. It's not yeah. about, you know, it's, it's not about this is the first Marvel movie you're watching. So we need to make sure that new audiences. No, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, we're, this train is going, you're either on board or you're not. Yeah, no, it was uh, like just incredible. And I do think as we're moving on to cap, cause you kind of started in that direction. Um, yes. I, I do, I was satisfied. There was talk about him getting left in the past. Um, I honestly thought when they said that there was only a, a limited number of, um, of pin particle vials, that he was going to give up his to Tony and that's how he was going to, um, you know, that's how he was going to get left in the past. I was kind of waiting for that to happen. And then I'm kind of like, well, we've got the time stone now. So of course they can always go back and get him with the time stone. You know, I'm like, there's a yeah. lot of stuff here that you got to kind of figure out how it's going to work. Yeah, um, the second time watching it, I was like, Oh, they're really, they're really hinting in a lot of moments to cap wanting to be back home. You know, like there was this, there's this great, great captain America, um, video essay on YouTube. I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you. Uh, uh, you can link to it. Um, and it's all about like, what is, what is the, the arc of this character? And, um, you know, where's it going? Where's it going to end up in Endgame? And uh, it's so me. I watched it twice, dude. It's like two videos. The first video is like forty minutes long, and the next one is like twenty minutes long. Oh wow! And it just—it's it, yeah, it's a two-parter. It's great, and it talks about Steve's character arc and where he's starting, and it goes through each film, you know, each not just Captain America, but also the Avengers films, and it shows the progression of this guy's character. How like you know he thinks at first that he's going to adjust to now, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that's, you know, it shows kind of his growing pains and it shows how he's trying to do that. But then at a certain point, he realizes that he's n- he's just not going to connect to these times. He's just not. And his character takes a dark turn in his movies at that moment where he realizes that, like, he's just a man at a time. And he's his life is never going to be as good as it would have been if he was back in his own time, which is not necessarily true, but that's what that his character comes to believe. Right. And he gets disillusioned with like, you know, shield turning out to be Hydra and all this stuff. And then, you know, civil war, you know, shows that he's like at odds with the people around him. Um, and uh, so this movie, he comes into this movie basically just 
not even really wanting to be here, just, you know, doing his duty, but wanting to be back where he belongs. Yeah. And they do a really nice job of like paying that off, you know? Yeah, they really do. And and you feel like you feel satisfied. I know some, a friend of mine, um, well, you know her, Marcel, she was in one of our first, mm. very, very first episodes, um, messaged me and she was like, I don't know that that's how, what do you think about that? I don't know that that's how I want to remember Cap. I don't want that to be my last image of Cap. And I was like, but he's happy. And he's been yeah. happy. Yeah, he's he's fulfilled. Yeah, Finally, he's fulfilled. Yeah, exactly. He got to live the life he wanted to live. And however that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, how does this work? And it's like time travel people. A wizard did it. It's fine. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, well, let it go. I Don't really analyze it too much. Seeing, I really enjoyed seeing him as an old man. I didn't think we were going to see that. And that I really, really like it's uh, as opposed to him just being gone. Right. You know what I mean? As opposed to just like, that's it. They never see him again. And let's say, you know, they were like, where's Cap? Where is he? And they were, and you know, they realized that he didn't come back. And then they were to cut to, you know, that scene of them dancing together at the end. I don't think, I, I don't know, something that would have been like, well, what about the, the resolution for the people, you know, in his, in, in our time. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So seeing him there as an old man, I, that was I, because that was like proof that he lived his life. Like it right. wasn't like, Oh, now he's going to go off and do this. It's, no, he did it. It's yep. done. You know, and he's happy and we're seeing that he's happy. So it was worth it. It is letting us know that that choice was worth it. That was ultimately the right choice. Yeah, definitely. And then so, what did you think about, what did you think about him handing his shield to, to Falcon? Well, okay. So, you know, they were playing up fan expectations because we all knew it was going to be Bucky or it was going to be Sam. Like one of the yeah. two was going to become captain. <laughs> and they were yeah. like both, you know, they both noticed he was over there. They both yeah. are standing next to each other. And, and then when he calls over Sam, you're like, okay, Sam's the, like, like it's, he doesn't it's like call something. over Sam. He doesn't call over Sam. Bucky says, Bucky go says, ahead. go. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. You go, you go. Um, and somebody was like, well, is that the right choice? And I'm like, well, let's, let's do it from the practical side of things. Not even, not even the <laughs> diversity side of things. Let's look at it from the practical side of things. Sam has been an Avenger. Bucky has not. Sam is still part of the, technically part of the military. Bucky is not. Sam is not a wanted fugitive. (laughs) Bucky, however, (laughs) is. So it makes sense character wise that he is the one who would get it. Um, You know, I get. It's super symbolic. Yeah. It is like, it is, it is more than just Captain America saying, you know, my date last night said, Hey, She's like, I really appreciated that. You know, that's, that's Marvel saying, we know what the future is. That's, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's America saying, you know, you, you take it. You know what I mean? It's, it's yours, you know, like, and I was like, oh yeah, like it's, you know, multiple levels there. But I mean, there's also that moment that Falcon kind of looks back before he takes the shield. He looks back at Bucky and Bucky just gives a little nod like, yeah. So they are, you know, they are, again, like you said, it's fan service. And yeah, we as fans know that both of them have, have carried the shield, you know, at different times in the comics. And, um, you know, for the, for the movies, it's going to be uh, Falcon. Um, I got to say, I wish I liked Anthony Mackie better as an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, we'll see what he does. Because, you know, Disney Plus, uh, the, that new streaming service that Disney is launching soon, later this year, mm-hmm. uh, they, have, they have announced four 
series, television series that are going to be streaming on that service. Um, and they're all featuring characters from the Avengers movies. So yeah. And the four of those are, um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye in in an untitled yet. Like it hasn't been officially announced yet, but they, they have said that Hawkeye is going to get his own. Jeremy Renner is going to be in one of those shows. Yes. Um, The, the, the idea is, is he's going to pass on the mantle to possibly his daughter, but the, the, the girl that they had playing his daughter was a little young and not called Kate. Yeah, Kate so Bishop, right. I think they will probably introduce the character of Kate Bishop because both Hawk, both Clint Burton and Kate Bishop are Hawkeye simultaneously in the yeah. universe. And so then there's a there's a Loki show. There's a Loki show, which um, we we now know that we for those of you who are like, but Loki's not coming back. You will remember he escaped with the Tesseract in yes. um, in when they messed up in the Avengers flashback. Yes, yes. and so. It, his show apparently is going to be like his misadventures through time and how he's like impacted different like events throughout time. Mm-hmm. And then Tom, um, Tom WandaVision. WandaVision, which that one's a little confusing to me. I'm interested to see how that's going to play out because apparently it takes place in the 1950s. Yeah, I think what they're going to do is there's either going to be timey-wimey stuff or it's going to be a crazy Wanda-created universe. Right, right, where she's wanting to like live out her like – her relationship with uh, with vision in like an idealized way, so they're going to end up in the fifties. Well, I think what they're doing is if they um, if they put her in the fifties, they can potentially have her um, have the twins. So uh, Wiccan and I forget the name of the the brother. Um, is that House of M storyline? Um, possibly. I think Wiccan and Speed. Okay. Um, so basically, I think that's why – I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to try and create it so that we can get um, some of the young Avengers in there. Because I also think, like, Wanda's not American. So in the 50s, like, in Sokovia, like, in Eastern Europe, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Where's the connection there? She doesn't have any connection to 50s Americana, like, anything like that. So – Anyway, yeah, that was confusing to me. Yeah, and then the final one is going to be um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but yeah. I bet they call it Captain America and the Winter Soldier now. Oh, I'm thinking they're going to call it Captain Falcon. Oh, you think he's going to be Captain Falcon? Yeah, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But th- th- doesn't that keep him from being able to be Captain America? Doesn't that undo yeah, that's the? True. I bet you know. I, yeah. Yeah, I would hope that they would keep it. Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Which, you know, I was re like I said, I was rewatching the Captain America movies yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh holy shit, uh Falcon and Winter Soldier have great fucking chemistry yes. in Civil War. Yes. Like so good. Yes. Like there's I I'm really excited about this show because I love those two characters together. All right. So let's so that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty great. Let's get um let's finish with the the story arcs. Um Thor. Do you want to do that before we go to commercial? Uh, but let's get one more in, and then we'll finish the other three when we get back. Okay, let's talk about Thor. <laughs> All right. So somebody, one of my friends texted me and and my friend Rob. My friend Paula texted me and Rob, and because Rob said uh, in our little group text message thing that we always got going, he he went to see it like eight o'clock in the morning on Friday. And he's like, I may have miscalculated because I now have nobody to talk to about this. Um, <laughs> and so Paula asked something like, well, 
tell me, like, I heard that I haven't heard anything except that there's some controversy over somebody wearing a, a fat suit, but he wouldn't tell us who it was. So mm. as, and I had forgotten about this conversation because, oh my God, Avengers. And then we're, we're sitting and, you know, you see Thor pick up a beer and I'm like, if he's been drinking for a while, I wonder if they'll make him look all, <laughs> oh, there's the fat suit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought it was a brilliant choice. Um, I could, as far as where they were taking the character, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I thought that I could see how people could be like sensitive to that and upset about that. Um, but I thought as far as like what this character has gone through so far, where he has been, where they have, where they've taken him. It's like, where else could they go? Right. Or what, or like, it's a great way. It's it's a way to like, again, surprise the audience, Mm -hmm. you know, let's, what is Thor at his core? Right. Like, and, and how can, you know, at first it was like, Oh, you know, uh, the hammer means everything to him. Okay. Let's take the hammer away from him or like his powers. Right. So in the first movie, okay, let's take away his powers, make him a normal human. You know, let's take his hammer away. Let's destroy the hammer. Let's destroy Asgard. What else can we take from him? Well, you know, Thor's been eye candy and like, he's been like this big buff dude, no matter what. So let's take that away from him, which I thought was a brilliant choice. Yeah. I they really they did it. a really good job. Like, I mean, they, they took the character to another natural progression of the character like let's show him at, we've seen him at his best let's see him at his worst and yeah, exactly. and it made him feel like one of the most um human of the group even though he's probably the least so what i loved about thor's arc was that he's this big buff arrogant masculine dude and he's really fucked up you can see you know physically that that his emotional state is really messing messing with him mm-hmm. and really what he wants he just misses his mom and he just want he needs to have a heart to heart chat with his mom yeah i, I like, thought that was that, so sweet yeah right like that was that was what he needed to work through whatever you know wherever he was his failure or whatnot and that's kind of what gave him like his power back, mm-hmm. which like I thought was so great. It's such a like it's not a big bombastic, you know, like show of force or anything like that. It's not, you know, gaining powers or gaining, you know, his dad gives him a belief in himself or whatever. It's just like a like a heart to heart with his mom. And I <laughs> like, love that's I love when he holds out his hand and the the hammer, like, you know, to get the hammer. And, and everybody's like looking at him and she just looks at, at Rocky and she's like, sometimes it takes a second. Like, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> that was so great. So well played. Yeah. Yes. And the minute they brought Mjolnir uh, back into play, I was like, yes, mm-hmm. I know where this is headed. Mm-hmm. This is going to be amazing. First thing I wanted to see was him wield both the hammer and the axe, and he did that, mm-hmm. which was awesome. And I love that moment that his eyes glow, and when right. the three main Avengers are about to face down Thanos, right? Like the three classic, the trio, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, like that is the, the heart of the Avengers. And... um when he he transforms into his his battle armor and he's got both those weapons, oh my god, Joe! Yeah. Oh my god, I was like a little kid. I was so giddy. I love what they did with his hair too, and like the beard. It's like, oh, we're getting like old man Thor because like yeah, 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 yeah. We've seen like young brash Thor. We've seen like old Thor. We've seen Avenger Thor, and like yeah, I love that we got yet another iteration of this character. So cool. I love that. 
Yeah. And then, of course, yes, everybody was like, oh, my God, Steve Rogers throwing the hammer. Yes. Yes. And then Thor's reaction, he's like, I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's like, like at first he was just kind of like, what, like back in the day when, when he budges it, Thor yeah. was like, well, was, did I just see that? Like, you know, you saw the, 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 the face he makes is kind of like, no, I didn't just see that. But because they've developed their relationship over, I mean, that was very early on in their relationship. Now yeah. he's gone through this cap's gone through his own stuff and has made peace with his life and has gotten to a place where yeah. he feels like, so he is worthy. I think it's, it's kind of just amazing. And, um, I've seen some theories talked about whether or not, or not cap knew that he was able to lift the hammer back in age of Ultron and just didn't want to show up Thor because Caps, because Steve Rogers is that kind of guy that he actually could have lifted it in that moment and he chose not to. I'm so gonna it's not to I'm gonna so say to like spare Thor's ego. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no because I feel like the arc the idea that that Captain America has to have his own arc before he's ready to do that is a little bit more I don't know, literary. So like he, okay. So like he wasn't worthy then? It was he was more worthy than most, but not quite there yet. Which is why he could budget and not like because I I think the worthiness like if you look at it, the worthiness isn't necessarily in compared to the world around you. He can call Thor can call back. Um, I'm never going to pronounce it right. I never can pronounce Mjolnir. it right. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Um, yeah. He can call it back only after he's talked to his mom, and has made peace with himself again. I don't see okay, I, I disagree here. Okay. One, I think that Mjolnir was destroyed mm-hmm. in his own timeline. And mm-hmm. so I never it wasn't a question of Thor not being worthy anymore. It was a question of the hammer didn't exist in his timeline. Mm-hmm. And so his whole, you know, his whole breakdown has been about, you know, failing. Mm-hmm. And so back in his own timeline, he wanted to see if in fact he was still worthy or not. And, you know, he, there was no way for him to call for his hammer in his own time to, to console himself or to, you know, kind of patch up his confidence and be like, okay, I failed, but you know what? I'm still worthy. So he was doubting himself that whole time. So once he was back in a timeline where the hammer existed, he could test that and he could be like, okay, but, but, you know, does this failure mean that I'm no longer worthy? So that's one. Yeah, but okay. I, I'm going I'm to I'm going to counter that because I feel like that's the whole point. Would would Thor have been able to call the hammer when they first arrived there? And I would kind of argue no because at that point he was suffering from so much insecurity that he would not have been found unworthy. Or he would not have been found worthy. I think he he would have always been found worthy. And now two, I also think that cap was always worthy as well because one of the things that um oh crap one of the things that uh they talk about in this in this cap essay that i watched that i tend to agree with is that whereas other characters have a character arc where they change and they go through some sort of metamorphosis or some sort of evolution Cap is different in that he and his character remains constant. It's the world around him that changes. And okay. one of the things that sets Cap apart is that he is constant. He, he and, and it makes him a hard character to write and to write well for that reason. 
So I don't think that Cap has has increased his worthiness since you know since we've seen him introduced as a character. I think Steve Rogers is has been worthy even before the the Super Soldier Serum, and so that that I choose to believe because of that. I choose to believe that. He was worthy. And if you go back and watch that scene, you'll see he gives it a try, but he doesn't really like everyone is like keeps trying and like doubles down and he mm-hmm. like tries to lift it. And then he just like kind of look, gives a look like, oh, I guess not. And he just like walks away. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I bet he could have. And Steve is just like, I don't want to do this to Thor. Interesting. I mean, you you can like I can see that this is this is going to become one of those geek debates between us. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, because totally. you even said to, you even you said when when he realizes he's not going to be able to go back to his own time, the character gets really dark. Yes. And so so I I think I think that kind of is it, it shows that he does actually have a story arc of his own that's not just his character being constant. Yes. Yes. So. Um, it's called uh, – I want to find it right now on YouTube, but I don't want YouTube to start blasting over this recording. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find this, this Captain America essay. It's so good. It's, it's – uh, Joe, I shared it with a few people, and they've all like raved about it. Uh, but yeah, so this is definitely something you and I are going to keep talking about. <laughs> yes, yes, this may, this may become an episode uh, where we both bring our we, our our proof of case. Um, yeah, and that, and then Thor, you know, at the end, he he says, you know what? He echoes the words of advice that his mother gave him. I need to stop, you know, trying to be the person I'm supposed to be and just be myself. Mm-hmm. And that's directly what he says to Valkyrie when he, he gives her the throne to Asgard. Yeah. So yeah. that's which his, I think is I, I I am like again I think all of us around Thor two were kind of like all right Thor is pretty but that's that's his contribution and yeah. I think ever since Thor three we're like oh my god yes please because yeah. the character's got so many more places it can go my understanding and correct me if I'm wrong. Chris Hemsworth is like, I will play this character until you don't let me anymore. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He said that, which I love. And I love the idea. Oh, crap. I knew that was going to happen. Sorry. Um, I love the idea of uh, him <laughs> being written by James Gunn in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And so so a friend of mine said, or again, Marcel, asked if, um, if it's going to be called um, as Guardians of the Galaxy. Because apparently there is a comic book of that title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I hope it is. <laughs> or, or knowing knowing the, the the precedent that they've they've set up, it'll be Guardians of the Galaxy, but then it'll keep getting switched. Like you know, as Guardians of the Galaxy, no Guardians of the Galaxy, no, I Guardians can, of the Galaxy. I can see the poster being Guardians of the Galaxy with an AS written like in the beginning of it, like Thor. Like- yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, so I I really enjoyed what they did with Thor as a character. I know some people were probably bummed that they didn't get to see like you know the you know Ragnarok era Thor like in this in this setting. But I think this made for a much more interesting take on the character. And yeah, again, you can only do so much in this movie. Like God, how did they how did they accomplish so much with all this stuff going on in this film? Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. All right. Well, how are we going to accomplish all of this with this, <laughs> with this recording? Um, we're going to stop here. We're going to go to commercial and we're going to come right back and uh, continue with the last three of the original six and then maybe move on to um, what is coming next, what we think is coming next in phase four. And we'll be right back. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice and download our podcast today. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. And we're back. Uh, do we want to move on to the Hulk? Yes, but I do want to point out some things we skipped over with uh, the three main Avengers we've talked about so far. Uh, skinny, angry Tony was great when he comes back and he's still really upset that this happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony as a dad was adorable. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> they cast the right girl for the daughter and he was really funny and great. It uh, gave him something to lose. It gave him stakes again. Yeah. Um. Super important for Steve and Tony to patch things up because they actually had, you know, since Civil War, they had not really been around each other and definitely not got along. So when, when Tony comes back after figuring out time travel and they patch things up, that moment was like really important. Um, Captain America fighting Captain America. Yes. How Again, that was awesome. That? that was that was another moment where I'm like, when did we ever think we were going to see <laughs> two of the same character fighting themselves? I in the theater last night. I and not just any character, like Captain, like the best Captain fighter. America. Yeah, yeah. In the theater last night, I heard what I know for sure was a non like fan. Mm-hmm. say during that scene say to themselves this is so freaking cool <laughs> and i was like yes like you get it like this is so cool um tony and cap going making an unexpected stop in 1970 mm-hmm. right and and they both go through something at that moment captain america or steve rogers sees peggy and that i think like really solidifies like what his choice is like what he needs to do right Right. Um, and then Tony, though, major for his character. We talked about Thor talking with his mom. Tony finally patches up his daddy issues. Right. He, I mean, the stuff that's been driving him for so long, right? Like, and how why, a big reason of why he even resented Captain America because his dad, like, idolized Captain America, this Boy Scout, this guy that, that Tony could never be because he's mm-hmm. just not that type of selfless Boy Scout type of person. But he meets his dad and they have, like, a chat and, like, he, like, finds resolution like if you didn't know tony stark was gonna die you 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 had to have known after that moment when you're like okay this character is like you know is wrapped up you know what i mean yeah exactly exactly he hugs his dad and thanks him and it's like wow that's been a huge chunk of this character for so long um 
And then, and then that awesome moment of, you know, Thanos's full army invasion beginning. And you see this whole wave of like bad guys. And then Captain America stands up and he tightens the strap on his shield and he just gets ready. He's bloody. And he's just like, you know, that, that was the, the, I can do this all day moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Where he's just mm-hmm. ready against all odds. He's ready to face down this thing and probably die doing it. But it's just the only thing Cap knows how to do is, is to get back up. Um, and then, you know, of course, that's at the stage for the for the arrival of the cavalry. But those are just great. Like all these great things we didn't even get to really chance to dive into. But I wanted to, to you know, kind of give them some um, some props on all that. Before we and and anytime I think about the cap facing the hordes, like there's that a moment of that's cool. And then the remem- remembering that the very next thing is on your left, which yes. is like, I don't know how that makes could make like when you're just saying this moment could not be any more epic. They make it more epic. Yes, because that's how they meet. Right. In the beginning of Winter Soldier, the movie starts Captain and, and Falcon is jogging around uh, the memorial in Washington. And every, you know, couple minutes, he hears Cap say, on your left, as Cap is running by him. And so he does it once, and then he laps him again. And then the third time, he's like, don't say it. Don't you say it. And Cap's like, on your left. <laughs> Just like showing him up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, at the end of the film, when Cap is recovering from his injuries in the hospital bed, and he wakes up, and Falcon is right next to him, reading uh, in the in the hospital room. And uh, the soundtrack is playing that they had discussed earlier, Marvin Gaye's uh, uh, song. And then Cap, before he even opens his eyes, he says, "On your left." And that's how Falcon mm-hmm. knows that Steve Rogers is back. So, like, oh my God, like what what a payoff, right? And then even yeah. in 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 uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. Um, oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It is in Winter Soldier. Um, they say they should, they have a scene, uh, no, you don't think I'm getting things confused. It is in the first Avenger where, um, Bucky tells Steve that he enlisted and that he's going away and it's their last night together before, you know, Bucky goes off to war and, you know, obviously Steve is dying to enroll and join and enlist Mm -hmm. and, and join the fight. And, uh, Bucky says they're parting words before you know they they reunite after the super soldier serum um bucky says to steve don't do anything stupid until i get back and steve says uh how can i you're taking all the stupid with you right and that's exactly their exchange when when cap is going back in time to return all the stones he says don't do anything stupid until i get back and bucky replies with the same line how can i so just like man (laughs) yeah just so much yeah, there's so much. You could just go like line for line in the dialogue. There's so much. That's great. Um, let's uh, let's talk about Hulk. Okay, so I was very happy to get Smart Hulk. Yeah. Because um, I, I I was very displeased with Banner in um, Infinity, Infinity War. I mean, War. Not displeased, but it was like, eh. It was anticlimactic. Know. Yeah. Yeah. But so like, having yeah. him. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go I ahead. just. I just feel like uh, that the filmmakers are thinking to themselves, where can we take this character? You know yeah. what we've seen Hulk Hulk out. And even though I agree with you, it was very unsatisfying to, to not get Hulk, you know, throughout most of infinity war. I think it was, it was, 
them the storyteller saying you know what can we do to this character where can we take them that people haven't seen you know how can we keep this character interesting and so taking hulk away from banner and like you know when he needed him the most i think was uh it made sense for me story-wise even if it wasn't the most satisfying but you know they were they were playing up what was going to happen in this uh movie in endgame and i don't know i felt the introduction was a little bit anticlimactic him just sitting at a diner <laughs> well, well yeah but i mean i i like without as much as i wasn't thrilled by it i understood why and like what like why they didn't have the hulk because without without missing the hulk banner would never have gotten to the point where he could have merged the two personalities together yeah that's true yeah and and i think i think i don't know because because it's a it's it's not hulk smash hulk but it's also not like timid banner hulk or timid banner there's like i don't know how else you would introduce him other than just a casual meeting it's very much like like when when you introduce the beast like you never introduce the beast as um you know a monster rampaging through the town you you introduce him as the intellectual sitting there because he's he's not what you expect physically right you're talking about beast beauty and the beast no, I'm talking about Beast as in X-Men Beast. X-Men Beast. Okay, got it. <laughs> I'm like, which beast are we talking about here? <laughs> right, right. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I I like what he said about, you know, I always thought of the Hulk as something I needed to cure. Mm-hmm. But that's not, you know, but but what it, it and I think he said like, I don't know how many days, like in in some kind of like radiation chamber or something. And he finally figured it out how to blend the two. So he gets the best of both worlds. Um, and I, and I like Mark Ruffalo as banner is so funny. Cracks me up. Yes. I yes. like how he's like, he's like, he turns into like a bro because he's like actually like big and hulking for the first time in his life, you know, because Banner's yeah. always been this like puny, like human, like scientist kind of guy. And like, he's totally doing all the cringy stuff that like a bro would do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's dabbing and he's like posing for pictures and he's like, they're like, Bruce, Bruce. They're like, <laughs> like focus, <laughs> like, you know, like right away. He's like, he's really enjoying this. Like, you know, in, in, uh, um, he's really enjoying inhabiting this body of the Hulk. Yeah. Well, and I and I'm, I'm like one of the, like the happiest, like the biggest smiles I got was when they go back into the original Avengers movie, and they're kind of like they look at him and he goes, "All right," but I think this is kind of gratuitous. He's like taking off his shirt and like, "Arr, yeah. arg. Like, so good. Yeah. How did you know? I wasn't crazy about the um the CGI on Hulk. Actually, it looked, um, well, it, it was it, it kept throwing me out. Did it? Yeah, and I, I and then so I watched it again last night. It was a little bit better, but I'm like, oh, like Thanos looks so much more a part of that like environment, and Hulk just I don't maybe it just it's the proportions of the face or something that are throwing me off. But would it also it might just, be the color. Yeah, it just he moved like in a wonky kind of way. It just did. It felt rubbery to me. I don't know. I haven't really search that to see if anyone else had a similar reaction to the character, but it did throw me out a lot. Um, I really liked his whole interaction during that timeline that you're talking about where he's pretending to be angry Hulk, his uh-huh. whole interaction with uh, the Supreme being. Uh-huh. That was great. And I love uh, that they the, addressed the ancient one, ancient one. Sorry. Supreme yeah. being uh, another franchise. Um, 
Yeah, the ancient one. Um, I love that they, in a way, addressed people's questions of like, wait, you know, if if the sanctum sanctorum was was there the whole time, why didn't you know why didn't the magicians help out? And it's like, oh, they did. They just did it like on the download. You know, like yeah. they didn't announce yeah. themselves, but they were also there helping, which I thought was really cool. And that whole like having to convince the ancient one to hand over the stone as opposed to taking it by force, you know, I think was really cool as well. That was like for the Hulk, the strongest one to be the one to have to like reason, I thought was a really nice play on the character. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they also, he also had the line. Um, this was, it was all, it was like, this was what I was created for. Yes. Yes. Because, um, because it was a uh, gamma radiation that was coming out of the stones, right? Right, which is a throwback to the original Avengers where, you know, that's why they bring Banner in in the first place. They don't want the Hulk. They bring in Banner because he's an expert on gamma radiation and this thing is throwing off all this gamma radiation. Right, the the space stone yeah. that S.H.I.E.L.D. has. Yes, yeah. That was, man, so nice. And, and I like that um, when during the scene where he's actually wielding the stones and he snaps his fingers, I thought we were going to get Red Hulk. And oh, they st- <laughs> yeah, I did. There was a moment I thought that we were going to get that too. Yeah. Yeah, because they start to show his arm turning red. And you're like, oh, my God. At first I was like, is that the armor? Like, is that the red? Because, you know, the, the 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 glove is made out of Tony's armor. And I'm like, is that the armor, like, covering him? And I'm like, no. And then the second time last night I looked at it, I'm like, oh, my God. No, that's his skin turning red. But it's burning up, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was I was half anticipating Red Hulk in that moment. Well, um, they um, the Hulk in the um, holding up the the wreckage is mm-hmm. a throwback to a Secret Wars cover. Oh, I believe back in the day where he's okay. like holding up uh, and getting everybody out. Oh, um, okay. That moment in the story was. Wow. Like, I think I yeah, jumped. You, at that point, you're like, okay, who's going to die? Like, like I was like, we just lost Ant-Man. Like, when that, when that. Oh, yeah. Like, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is going to. There was a, a moment of panic where, like, okay, we're just not losing two this time. We're losing, like, them all. Yes. <laughs> like, this is yeah. bad. Then, oh, my God. That moment when Rocket is like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And he's, like, stuck under all that rubble. Oh, the whole audience gasped. Everyone yeah, was yeah. like, oh my God, like save him. Please save that little cute furry animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. That Hulk homage. That's great. It's the cover to uh, Secret Wars number four. Yeah. And it's Hulk like holding everything up and all the heroes are underneath it. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> that is awesome. This, this whole movie, this whole Jeez, movie, like, it never stops. It it always amazes me too how surprised people are when when they learn that uh, a lot of these ideas are straight out of the comic. You know, yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah, you know, like in the comic books that happens, and they're like, really? I'm like, what do you think these movies are based on? Like, yeah, of course, <laughs> just, yes, like, these characters have been around for decades. Like, all this stuff has a lot of this stuff has happened in the comics first. You know, they're pulling from these stories. Um, yeah, and Hulk was, I guess he was damaged for the rest of the movie, right? I mean, even at the very end during Tony's funeral scene, uh, he's in a he's in a cast or he's in a harness kind of thing. Yeah, he's in a sling and he's um yeah. he's definitely recovering. Um I I would argue that this is a good way for them to keep him out of the spotlight. Um yeah. 
That's true. But I, I also heard that Mark Ruffalo is a pain in the ass to work with. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah, this is like he can't keep his mouth shut. They have to take things like five and six times over because he fools around too much on set. So, you know, <laughs> like they, you know, this is a good way of kind of reducing the impact that um, the Hulk has to have on this universe. But I do think it's going to be, at least until we get the Fantastic Four, I think this is going to be your stark um, Mr. Fantastic substitute is, you know, the resident the, uh, genius scientist. Yeah. Him and Shuri. Yeah. Shuri. Oh man. I want to get more. I just seeing the, the cast of black Panther be the first to walk through the portal at the end mm-hmm. to support Captain America. I was like, man, they know what they're doing. Everyone was, is clamoring for more of this franchise and they know that, and they're trying to give it to us within the context of the story. Still, you know what I mean? Yeah, but the, the I do have to say my biggest my biggest problem with the movie is not enough Okoye. Yes, yes, me too. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's like that, they, they should have. She should have just been there. Just make it happen. Just yes, just I don't be care. How you put her in there. Be just in the room. Put her in the scenes. Yes, yes. I agree with you absolutely. And then during that final battle, uh, when they show more of her fighting, it's again, it's like God, this like. How, what do we need to do to get more of this character? <laughs> this character yeah. is amazing. And the, um, there is a, and some people have talked about how it's a bittersweet moment is the, um, when Captain Marvel is like, how are, how are the, how is she going to get through all of this? Yeah. And Okoye says she has help. And it's a, it's a throwback to infinity war when, when there's going to be like when black widow's not going to make it. And, uh, her and uh, Scarlet Witch step in at the end. Oh, you remember what I'm talking about? Like, I forget the name of the character she's fighting. Yes, uh, that's right. That's it's it's right. it's a same. It's the same moment. It's okay. Says I think very closely to the same line, but yes. there's that bittersweetness because it's this powerful moment where every female superhero in the franchise is there except Black Widow. Yeah. That's right, because she didn't make but it, it. Yeah, but it's that it's that that woman power moment that like like oh. that was one of the few times that my my theater cheered. Yeah, the, yeah, same in my in both theaters. That was an awesome moment too. Like, I just love how much Marvel is willing to give the fans what they want. You know, um, mm-hmm. they. I mean, it just, they're, they're going to craft a scene. They're going to craft a moment within these, you know, within this big movie that's just pure, like, it's just pure fun. And and like, just what I keep, I kept thinking, like, if you're like a young kid playing with your Marvel toys, you know, and your Marvel action figures, and you're making up the story. Like, what are the things that you're going to want to see? And what are the things that you're going to include? And I feel like Marvel knows that. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, incorporating that. Like, they're using that. And they're they're finding a way to work those moments into the story, you know? Well, the guy from the Screen Rant video that I had mentioned earlier, he, he had this great line that I had to quote. It that, that moment, after Cap says Avengers Assemble, it's like all of your toys and all of your friends' toys in one big battle. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Absolutely. Um, but that, yeah. And that moment was great. That again, I feel like same thing with the black Panther uh, characters coming through. I feel like that was Marvel saying, we know we hear you, 
you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, it's like a promise, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're going to give you more of this. Um, and it's again from the comics, a force is like, I think that was like a nod to that series, which was like all the, the Marvel, uh, female, uh, heroes, uh, joining forces to, to form this team. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, Let's talk about. Well, let's talk about Natasha since she she didn't make it. Um, no, I, did you see that coming? I did not see that coming. I, well, when I, when those were the only. T- <laughs> this is how knowing too much hurts you. Knowing <laughs> that that the rule is is you have to give up something you love to get the Soul Stone, and to see that um, Black Widow and Hawkeye are. Um, are the two that are going to go get it. You know, one of them's not making it out. And because we know that Hawkeye is getting his own series and he has the, like nobody would be satisfied with him not being able to be reunited with his kids. I was like, Oh, there goes black widow. This is it. Like not. I know. I didn't know any of that. What are you talking about? You didn't do that. No, because, okay. First of all, just because both of them goes, just just because because both of them go to Vormir, right? Mm-hmm. Vormir, I think it's called. Um, you know what is what 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 the setup has been, which is someone needs to be sacrificed. I do not take that as now we know that somebody needs to be sacrificed because come on, I mean, there's stories. You know, what if this happened? You know, there, there's always that they're going to subvert your expectations in some way. You know, I heard one theory or, or one fan say online, I thought they were going to find a way to um, game the system. I thought they were both going to jump at the same time and somehow create, you know, like this unprecedented move, right? Where they were going to be able to get the zones somehow and, and, and both come home. Right. Um, but, but that's just an example of me saying, no, I, I never thought, oh, well, we know that somebody has to go. Like, just because that's happened in the past doesn't mean that has to happen going forward. And also, as far as Hawkeye, oh, well, we know he has his own show. Hello, they've been casting the Black Widow solo movie for a while now. So, like, you, you know, you could say that for Black Widow. Well, we know Black Widow has their own, her own solo Okay, but I'm going to – I, I I gotta say that I was sitting there listening. I'm just telling you my experience, man. Maybe other people had other ones. I I am sitting there going, "Are they even doing a Black Widow movie? Has <laughs> this thought, been I them the fucking thing. with us I for the, the last several thing. years? Is this why it keeps getting postponed and delayed? Is because they never were really gonna do it? <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh my god, how devious are they? <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, somebody pointed out that like almost every trailer was a lie. Like almost every yeah. scene oh, yeah. in every trailer was a lie. So <laughs> Yeah, so I I mean I I did think I did think that there, like there was that I I didn't think that something else was going to happen like them gaming the system, but I was sitting there hoping against hope that's how it was going to end, but had that yeah. really sinking feeling like I don't think we're going to have a black widow after this because then you go back to the like Hawkeye's arc wasn't finished at that point. Yeah, that's true. We saw we saw Black Widow like because I felt bad for her when she was when she was like struggling um, after Sitting the meeting. At the desk, with, yeah, with all the people. That's all she had. She didn't have anything else. And you saw the emotion, and you're like, but the Black Widow doesn't show emotion. Like this is like she's just she is struggling, mm-hmm. and 
And so when she had, like, when it was going there, I'm like, I think this is the end of Natasha. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it made sense in that way. I still was not expecting it. I love that they showed, they, I, they, they showed the sacrifice. They showed her, like, that was another thing was like, I felt like in the theater last night, people were skeptical until that image of her bloodied on the rock below. And mm-hmm. people were like, what? Like, what? What the fuck? Like, is this really happening? And I'm just sitting there quietly going, yup, this is really fucking happening. Like, yeah, yes. That's- yeah. So, and, and, you know, again, she's somebody who was struggling with being, you know, a, a villain in the past and, and being mm-hmm. not a very good person and having all these demons in her past and, you know, trying to turn a corner and reform and, you know, what does that mean, you know, to be a hero and how do you make that sacrifice or whatnot? And so, yeah, for her story arc, for her character arc, this was like the ultimate redemption. This was the ultimate sacrifice that she could make. And talk about like a leap of faith, because this just meant that he got the stone. This didn't mean that they were going to like defeat Thanos and like reverse everything, you know, right? this was just to get the stone. And then, you know, Hawkeye had to go back without her, which is super sad. Like super sad. Like it's, oh my god! When he looks at uh, when he looks at Bruce. Oh my god! And then Hulk like falls to one knee. Like oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I oh. love dude, I love that they didn't just go forward with the story at that point. They were all sitting by the lake outside, going still, still, hurt, you know, hit by it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. talking. Yeah. Did she have family? And Steve's like, yeah, us. Like we were the mm-hmm. family she mm-hmm. had. That was it. So I really like that. That and, and then even at the end, they talk about her. You know, um, uh, who is it? Hawkeye and and Scarlet Witch. And then you know, he's like, I just want her to know. And she's like, she does know. And then she says, they both do. And that's like the only reference to Vision, right? Right. Well, and 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 they're also. I mean, like you forget. We we forget. I forget. I don't know about you, but I forget that Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch do have a, a connection because of the movies, because of Hawkeye's kind of relationship with Quicksilver in oh, Ultron. That's right. He he apparently named one of his kids um, Piotr, or however oh, you want to pronounce his Russian, yeah, uh, Piotr. you know, or Slavic name. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Damn! Look at that. Okay. Um, what about so Hawkeye? I mean, yeah, you're right. I when I when I saw that video afterwards, it it really clarified like Hawkeye's arc was still getting his family back, right? Mm-hmm. Because he did have that. He had lost that, and so that was it was always going to end, or it should have always ended with him getting his family back. I loved the, I loved uh, uh, that line. And I knew it was coming and it was still so satisfying when when Natasha tracks him down in Tokyo and we finally get to see like Hawkeye be a fucking badass killer assassin, like mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. ruthless assassin. And Natasha's like, we have a, we think we have a way. And he's like, don't give me hope. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, don't do that. Like, that's gonna, you know, like, like he can, you know, he's dealing with it. He's going through all this. And he's like, the thing that's going to break him is just having hope of finding his family back, having his family back. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard. It's heart wrenching. I mean, Hawkeye in the comics and in the movies have been, has always been one of my favorite characters. I feel like, you know, because he doesn't have a lot of superpowers. I mean, even he in the movies talk about, I'm just the guy with an arrow, bow and arrow. Yeah. Like he, it, it's hard to get him into situations where he can stand toe to toe with all of these people. Yeah. And, and so I feel like, you know, there's always a part of me that wants to see they, because th- this character is a lot different than the one in 
the comics. The one in the comics is boisterous and um, kind of happy go lucky. In in the irresponsible, what are you doing, dude? Way yes, like like <laughs> yes. he's very yeah, he's very <laughs> reckless. He's very like he's very you know act first, think later, you know. And when and and some of the best points in his character's arc is when he's forced to be the leader of a team because yeah. he's like, well, now I have to be responsible and I don't know how to do this. Um, and so we never really got that Hawkeye, but because they created this family man Hawkeye. I think it, it gave the entire character's arc. Uh, I'm just, I'm a working, I'm a working guy. Like I'm doing this for my family. I want the place to be, you know, the world to be safer for my family. And so the fact that his, this movie starts and ends with his family, I think is yeah perfect for this character's arc. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that little tease that he gets when he get he volunteers to be the one to test it out. And mm-hmm. he realizes that he's back on his farm and that his kids are alive. And he starts, he starts to, like he's he's uh the timer goes off and he's about to go back and he runs into the door to call his, his daughter. Like mm-hmm. he's back and he's like, Holy shit, yeah, it works. Like, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, yeah. He, he's the one that gets that teeth because he wants that back so badly. Right? It kind of like it it propels his character through the rest of that of that arc. I really like how they took a lot of care to give each character their own motivation. And mm-hmm. so even when the characters were off screen, because there's so many characters, you know, in the movie and so many things going on, sometimes we wouldn't see a couple of characters for a while, but when right. they came back, like we could pick up right where they left off. Like, Oh yeah. Like this is how they're invested. This is what's important to them. This is what they're trying to do, you know? And yeah. they gave everyone something to do, you know, with Hawkeye finding the, the gauntlet and like being chased by those like Chitari hound creatures through the tunnels. That's, that was a really cool sequence. I it really was, yeah. Loved, I loved that sequence, and then just like um, passing it on to Black Panther. That was really cool. Everyone got a moment to shine, which was amazing. Yeah, um, they really did. Again, going back to the who knew we wanted Valkyrie this badly, where her rescuing Spider Man uh, was kind of awesome. Yeah, that was really awesome. Then Spider Man's kill mode, which was yes, great. <laughs> that was so cool. Such a cool callback to that. Um, yeah, I mean, just too much to go through. Captain Marvel's return was pretty great. Uh, go, when all the all the you know, because oh, Scarlet Witch, they really amped her up because I mean, I know she's supposed to be super powerful, and I'm glad that they showed that because she was killing Thanos. Yeah, like, no, she Thanos was was not able to like beat her. And I love the fact that she didn't put up with any. Um, no guff from Thanos when he's like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> She's like, yeah. well, you're gonna. <laughs> yeah. And he's like dying and he's like, okay, rain, fire, like rain, whatever. And they're like, what? And such a, like a, like a, that echoes a gladiator, right? Where, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, well, we're going to hit our troops too. And it's like, so what? Just do it. I'm dying here, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was a cool way to in- reintroduce Captain Marvel because then when the, all those lasers started, stopped firing on the ground and started firing at this unknown, like what are they firing at? And then she just like destroys the ship. That was a really cool hero moment for her. And this is how invested I was in the movie at that moment where I'm not able to kind of extrapolate out. I'm like, who else, who do we not have? (laughs) I was like, what is that? I thought it was a ship of some kind or something. I was like, Oh, is it the first thing I thought was it's like some cosmic being. It's yeah. like the watchers or it's infinity or it's 
like you know uh uh what are they called um what are those what are those like cosmic entities in marvel called the, the eternals uh, uh the eternals the eternals are getting their own film but the, yeah um the um apparently apparently star lord is half of one um it's not I, Eternals? Want to say, I thought it was. It's not Sentinels. It's um No, because the Eternals got their powers from those things. Oh my god. <laughs> what is it? Uh let me see. Quill is half Celestial. Celestials, thank you. Yes. So I thought it was gonna be something like that. Yeah. And like you, like you, I was so drawn into the story at that moment. That when she goes through the ship, I was like, oh, duh, it's Captain Marvel. Like, of course it is. Uh, yeah, that was really great. Man, they balanced everything so well. And, yeah. and all the things that I thought it was going to take for me to really enjoy this film, like I wanted to see the introduction of Fantastic Four, or I wanted to see, like, you know, Doctor Doom, or I wanted to see, like, none of that happened, and I couldn't be happier. Like, yeah. uh, this is still, like, blew my mind, like, blew all my expectations out of the water amazing super satisfying story so anything else we want to do because i do want to put a little just i do want to spend a little bit of time talking about phase four but is there anything else we need to i mean we could talk another three hours about this movie when yeah seriously when i left uh, the theater matt turns to because <laughs> he always says so what did you think like that's always what he says because he wants to get my opinion because he's he knows i will have one um and i looked at him and i said i haven't finished processing yet I can't really tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I think I'm still there. Um, but is yeah. there anything that we missed that you wanted to make sure that we got in there? I have um, been kind of looking for like, what are the things that people are unhappy with? You know, mm-hmm. like if, if there, you know, any complaints or what's the bad, uh, some people have pointed out uh, the tone just throws them that some of the jokey parts are just unnecessarily like long. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, think marvel movies are just as funny as they are anything else so like yeah. that that didn't throw me i didn't bother any you know like the the scene in thor's house you know with, <laughs> with them playing Fortnite and yeah. being drunk uh, i thought that was funny i didn't i didn't feel like it dragged on too long um the introduction of professor hulk in the diner you know with him posing for you know photos and stuff some people are saying like oh that you know there was too much of that stuff i didn't think so but uh, I, I've heard people kind of, you know, talking about that. What were your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I did think, okay, move on, but that was because it did exactly what it was supposed to do with the diner scene. Because mm-hmm. think, think about the office. Have you seen the office? Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. So I had trouble. I mean, you, you, it gets better as you go into the, the, the series, but I had so much trouble with the beginning because it's so awkward. He is so um, – Steve Carell is so awkward in – no, I'm sorry. Not The Office. Um, yeah. Yeah, The Office. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's so, yeah, he's so awkward. And like that moment is supposed to be that so awkward where, yes, nobody likes it because it's awkward. And all of us are like, oh, my God, just walk away. Just let the kids walk away. That's what the moment's supposed to be. <laughs> Listen to your mom. She knows best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, 
And you know what it is? It's it's a geeky ass scientist doing what he thinks is cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is not actually cool. No, but that's Banner. <laughs> exactly. And then the same thing with the Thor moment. I mean, I know some people got mad at they, they felt that they were making fun of fat people because of the fat suit. And I'm I'm gonna say as oh. a fat individual, as a, as a, as an individual of girth myself, um. <laughs> No, like as he's reaching for a beer, I'm like, he's probably like, if he's like all chiseled, it's going to be weird. It's not going to be right. appropriate. He's been right. locked, locked in a room drinking for the last five years. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. And, and do they make fun of him? Yes, they're making fun of him being fat, but not because he's a fat person, because he's Thor. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who doesn't he's, look like he Thor off- anymore. He went off the deep end. Yeah, is what it is. He's yeah. he's not himself, and that's kind of like st- there's story reasons for for them to to make that choice and go that way with the character. And and people As are a- yes, people are cutting fat jokes, but they're cutting them at Thor's expense. They're Thor jokes. They're not fat right, jokes, right? If that makes sense, right, 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 right. Um, how did you feel about the time travel? I I felt like they solved it when banner explained time travel in this universe. And then just in case you didn't get it, we're going to have <laughs> the ancient one do it also. And we're right. going to explain to you very slowly with visual aids, how this is all going to work. And after this, we don't want to hear anything more about it. Like it felt like that's what they were doing. Okay. With all of that, Joe, I'm not even fucking joking. Um, the moment that uh, current Nebula, good Nebula, shoots and kills her former, older, evil, or, or younger, evil, evil self, mm-hmm. people were still like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> the person next to me in the theater goes, wait, how did she just kill herself? How does she exist? And I'm like, oh my fucking god! Like they've explained <laughs> it so many times. If you change the past, it does not change the present. It only creates another alternate timeline. And this like, is not. And a- this is not. This is not a movie centric thing. This is how the Marvel <laughs> universe has existed since yes. forever. Um, yeah. <laughs> like this is, in fact, that's what Secret Wars, this new Secret Wars, was all about: was to take all those freaking timelines and squish yeah. them back together because there were just too many freaking many of them. Right. That's so, so, so I, again, I thought I loved that they talked about all the movies. Like, where did you hear that from? And they're like, all these alien Terminator. They're like, uh, yeah. you know, not alien, <laughs> Terminator. Uh, uh, they, they just go through this whole list of movies. And at the end, he's like, Die Hard. Oh, wait, Die Hard's not one. Yeah. Uh, well, Ant-Man. the funny thing was like, um, when it was like, so basically you're saying that, Back to the Future is I forget what the word he used was. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> but it's basically like it's bullshit. Basically, <laughs> yeah, that was great. So I, I mean, yeah, they they explained it as necessary for the story they were telling. And I think that's fine. Like that's mm-hmm. it. That's enough. That's all you need. Um, and then another thing I think people have been talking about. Um, or at least no. So, this, so those are the two that I've seen people talking about. Okay, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the is the tiny whiny stuff, and then just the tone. Um, of the film the thing that's in my head that's been bugging me and i haven't really i haven't said this to anyone i haven't talked about this i haven't even looked for it 
there there must be a simple answer, Joe. I need your help with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the stones, the Infinity Stones, were too powerful for anyone to actually hold. Is that am I am I being nitpicky? Because I know in the first Captain America movie, when Red Skull, it's not even the stone; it's the Tesseract. When he tries to wield it. It's too powerful and sucks them up into space. In Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, it takes all six to hold the power stone because it's so powerful. And only with all six of them holding hands and Quill being half celestial are they able to really, you know, harness the power of of the the power stone uh, in their hands. Um how the hell is everyone just holding these stones now? And I know for the most part they're in a gauntlet or they're in a suitcase, but there are times in the movie where, like, you know, they just hand the stone from one person to the other, not to mention the big climactic moment where Tony Stark manages to take the stones off of Thanos' gauntlet and put it on his own. Mm-hmm. How the fuck did he hold the stones? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to no-prize this one. Um, my, my understanding is that you, the, the stones are, we all think that the same rules apply to all the stones, but that's not the case. Um, the reality stone and the power stone are two very destructive forces that are hard to wield one because it's just so powerful. And the other, because, uh, it it takes a, a certain type of mind to be able to process what it can do. Right. I buy that. Okay. Um, the other thing is that all the, the, the biggest deadly power of the stones is when they're all used in conjunction to do something big. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, that's why Thanos almost kills himself twice. Um, right. That's why, you know, it leaves Bruce Banner with a, like messed up arm. And it's, it's also Tony Stark dies. And it's why Tony Stark dies. Um, and people are going, well, how could he hold it if the Hulk couldn't? Because he's got armor that can pretty much do anything and probably was taking care of him for just long enough to make sure that he could do what he needed to do. Right. Um, but everybody who handled the gauntlet, none of them were actually accessing the stones. And so it was just like carrying it in a, in a case yeah. or, you yeah. know. And so at that point, it's just we're just running with the gauntlet and we're not actually touching the stones. Got it. Okay. So that's that's my no prize. I mean, somebody else might explain I, it some other way, but that's how I would do it. Hey, if I earned a no prize, I'm satisfied. <laughs> that, means that, that means that there a no prize to me is telling me that there is some validity to to me being bothered by that. Because because yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Like, how did he take the power gem off of that gauntlet in his hand and then put it in? Like, but yeah, and. You know, Tony's armor, I guess, is the MacGuffin in this. <laughs> is the is the Deuce X Machina in this thing, I guess. Yeah. Well, and here's my here's my one that I just can't walk away from, and I'll be interested to see that how they handle it. So for the previews from Spider-Man Far From Home to work. Oh yeah. Not only did Spider-Man have to die in the decimation, but every single one of his classmates would have had to die. At least the, the, the major right. five. The major five people would all have had to die in the decimation because otherwise some of them would be in college and yes. they would all be 
back at high school age. And people were like, well, is he in college now? No, because he's still however old he is, 15, 16 years old. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, he is because he would he be is. 20, 20 something or yeah. Yeah, but everybody else isn't. So, yeah, like. Oh, they're, how are they going to address that? Because then also like my coworker, Jason was like, we were talking about it and he was like, wait, so is half the world five years older than the other half of the world since, since they disappeared? The answer is yes. That's interesting. Yeah. And there's, and there's fun things that they can, I mean, there, you can see where they're playing with time a little bit to their advantage because, and this is one of my coming up in phase four things is Cassie Lang's now a teenager. Um, right. you now have, you now have Spider-Man who is still kind of that same age group. You're starting to see who's going to be the next group of Avengers right. starting right. to form. Um, we know that Monica Rambeau is probably, um, in her thirties right. now. So she's the same age as some of the more adult Avengers. Yeah. Like they, they're really playing with time to get characters who interacted in the past, um, to, to be able to be together in the future. Right. Right. And so they haven't officially announced any phase four movies yet. Right. Right. They have said that they've greenlit another, uh, Dr. Strange movie, another black Panther movie. Right. And guardians of the galaxy three and, and guardians of the galaxy is being made is being written right now by James Gunn. So, but they haven't said these movies are going to be in phase four, right? No. These are going to be in mm-hmm. phase five. I wonder if we're going to get a huge Marvel presentation soon, like at E3 or whatever, like we did uh, back in the day where they announced like all of these, you know, everything. They announced well, everything in that, that presentation, remember? I, I'm, I'm sure we are. And and I can tell you right now that the um, – the stinger at the end of Spider-Man far from home will be the most important stinger of the Marvel movies, because that is going to be what they use to launch because technically I've heard, I've seen, I've seen articles that say that Spider-Man far from home is actually the true ending to phase three because it's the epilogue. Yes. Yes. So, whatever happens in those stingers is going to tell us where we're going for phase four. That's yeah. That's interesting because there's, there's no stingers um, at the, at in end game. There's nothing, mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. after credits other than the sound, which I, I do believe is Tony making his iron man suit for the first time. Cause that's where it all started. Um, there's no, there's nothing after the credits for end game. And I believe it's because that's the end of the story. There's no more story to tease. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's yeah. it. Like, um, but then you, you're right. We do have Spider-Man far from home coming. <laughs> I mean, on the way. And, um, uh, if that, that is the, the sort of the prologue, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry, or, or is it prologue or yeah. Uh, or epilogue, um, epilogue. And, if that has stingers, then that means that they have a plan going forward. Right. And I said E3 earlier, but I think it's D23, which is like the Disney convention is where yeah, Marvel is. Yeah, D23. E3 is the video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, which is not confusing at all. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I would imagine 
that they're going to be able to now like talk about because the reason they didn't announce these things before because they said it would be spoilers for Endgame for Infinity War and Endgame, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be huge. Like this next D twenty three convention is is it's basically going to give us the plan for like the next ten years or more movies going forward. Yeah, I mean, I I did find a leaked quote unquote leaked Phase Four um, schedule which is May of 2020, Black Widow, November 2020, The Eternals, February 2021, Black Panther, um, Doctor Strange 2 is in May of 2021, Shang-Chi possibly November of 2021, Hmm. nothing for February 18th of 2022, and then May 2022, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. So wow. that's that's the that's the thought. Here are my here are my thoughts. I feel like we're what we're missing out of here is we are missing a Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. And we are missing an Avengers type movie. And I wonder if we're going to get any more Avengers movies. Or are we gonna yeah. get something are we gonna get something else? Are we gonna get a champions movie? Or are we gonna get a Avengers? Or if they if they want to be really meta, what if we did like a Marvel team up movie? Like yeah. they could do kind of anything, but I don't know that we're going to see Avengers anymore as as the Avengers because yeah. because we've seen the Avengers. The Avengers concluded, and three of them are now gone. Yeah, I thought that kind of dawned on me as well. Like just recently, like I'm like, I always assumed they were going to keep making Avengers movies. Just the cast of the Avengers would change, mm-hmm. but this all does feel like they're wrapping up the Avengers as a franchise. Yeah. And I mean, God knows they have plenty of intellectual, you know, property to go going forward that they don't need to keep mining that well of the Avengers, especially since this, you know, iteration is so iconic already. Yeah. Like this is it. Like, and I've, I've read people saying, you know, this is this is this generation Star Wars. Like this is that important, like that big, that meaningful. And mm-hmm. I agree with that. Absolutely. You know, like Marvel pulled it off. Like this this is going to be remembered and talked about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when you think about the characters we have going forward, um they said that the earliest we will probably see X-Men or Fantastic Four is 2022. Um, we still don't have a Ms. Marvel, which I cannot imagine that she's not going to get put into the movie somehow. She's too big of a character and she's too popular and, and represents too much diversity. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't have a Nova yet. Um, so I feel like at some point you're going to see like, cause, cause at some point I me, mean, they can even say young Avengers, Spider-Man, um, Cassie Lang, you know, I feel like I mean, we might get another Avengers movie, but we also might just get a lot of other team construction groups. Yeah. Like, it does not necessarily have to just be the Avengers. But what we are missing in this lineup of of three years worth of movies that they're suggesting is a big crossover team title. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh man, before we know it, we're going to be talking about Marvel's X Men and Marvel's Fantastic Four. Isn't that insane? That is insane, dude. I, I think my next project for geekiness is going to be, I need to start looking into the Eternals because we know that that's going to be in a movie. So yeah. we better figure out what it, because that's one area where I know very little. I 
think that's the group that has like Star Fox and Circe and some right. like really like B class Avengers. Right. Well, D23 this year is in August. So And when August. does Far From Home come out? Far from July? Home. Uh yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's that's right. So a month later, so there's gonna be Man, that'd be great. So there's gonna be a teaser at the end of Far From Home, and then one month later, we're gonna get you know hopefully the big announcement. Yeah, and and they'll they'll be very excited to be able to to talk about whatever that um, big uh, what's it called um, the whatever the stinger is at the end of Far From Home. They're gonna yeah. talk about it. D three. Yeah, because I remember when they announced the first three phases. They, you know, at first they, they announced, you know, Captain America, you know, and then Captain America, um, three is a uh, uh, part two is going to be called winter soldier. And then they, they, it was a big, like, you know, audio visual display kind of thing where they were, instead of saying the titles, they were showing the graphics on the screen. Right, right, right. And then they showed, you know, Captain America three. And I think it was called like Hail Hydra or something like that. And then they went all the way to, I think infinity war. And then at, at that time, Infinity War was going to be two movies, right? Infinity War Part One and Part Two, right? Um, and then uh, they went back and they were like, "Well, actually, Psych Captain America Three is not Hail Hydra; it's it's uh, Civil War." And everyone like lost their minds. Yeah. So I mean, they had it planned, and there's like you know, there there's like they're playing with our expectations as well. I wonder. God, I'm dying to know what they're what they're going to do next. Like, I want to know what the big team up is that you're talking about, you know? Yeah, I want to know. Well, I mean, I, I think we can guess that we're probably going to still have Ant-Man and Wasp in some capacity. I think mm-hmm. we're going to, because we have the um, the television sh- or the, the TV series, or the streaming series, I don't know, whatever you want to call them. I think we're going to have a Cape Bishop Hawkeye. I think we're going to have um, Captain America, um, the, the Falcon version, and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we'll have Wanda and Vision. I would be very I wouldn't be surprised at if some point Wanda becomes a, a villain because it does happen in the in the yeah. comic books. The, like yeah. she just goes she goes through too much. She goes through too much yeah. and she she cracks. Yeah. Um, right. And we still got Loki. We could still have Loki as a as a villain. Yeah. Too, they're so they have so much to work with. Like, there's so many different places this could go. And Adam Warlock is out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, Jeez. it's overwhelming. I just want I what where they go from here is two places. They done Thanos, right? Uh huh. Doctor Doom. Uh huh. And Galactus. That's it. Those are the two next. They have to be. Galactus well, has to be the next thing. Does he though? Because you've got Annihilus coming up. I mean, you are not Annihilus coming up. You've got Annihilus as a possibility. He's a big yeah. celestial bad guy. You've got, I don't think they'll do Kang because Kang's very timey-wimey and they've just done timey-wimey. So I don't think. And, do- and to me, Annihilus has always like been too similar to like, uh, he looks too much like uh, Ultron. And he, and he's a um, he also is like a he's an alien, right? Yeah. And so that just makes me think of the Chitari. 
Annihilus is the Chitari Ultron. <laughs> that's me. fair. Those are that. So, that was the list. I that's that's the the people I've gleaned off of of lists from everybody else. I don't know that. Like yeah. I don't know we're ready for Doctor Doom because they didn't know. Well, for let sure. me let me tell you something about your list, Joe. Mm-hmm. They are all Fantastic Four villains. It's true. That's true. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Annihilus first, primarily as a Fantastic Four villain. Uh, Kang the Conqueror. Actually, I think Kang is is a is it a Avengers? No, he, but it uh, is timey. He, he is time. Uh, he's timey wimey. I don't think it's going to be Kang. Um, well, in order to do Kang, they need to do Fantastic Four. First. Yeah. Okay. So let spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> so I just googled Marvel villains. These are the ones that come up as your as your first um, top tier villain. Yeah, the ones that actually have little pictures at the top of the scrolling thing. Um, Galactus is the first one that comes up. Hell yeah! Then Ultron, then Loki, then Thanos, then Magneto, then Doctor Doom, Red Skull, Dormammu. Mystique, Bullseye, Annihilus, Venom, Apocalypse, Abomination. We've had most of these. Carnage. We have had most of these. Um, Juggernaut, Doctor Octopus, Sam. So let's let let's look at the top five. Who have we had from the top five? Ultron, Loki, Thanos, and Thanos. That's it. That's the top five. Right. Uh, the other in the top in the in the top five. That's who we had. Who are the two that we haven't had? Galactus and Magneto. But we've had them that's in other movies. Uh, I guess you can. I don't want to count Galactus, man. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Magneto, yes, right. And so that's a longer game. Um, Next is Galactus. Now let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm, right. That's mm-hmm. the top five. Okay, and the two that we haven't had is Galactus and Magneto. I think Galactus is up next. Magneto's a long game. Who's villain number six? Doctor Doom. I'm telling you, it's Doctor <laughs> Galactus. I just, uh, I feel Doom. like they've planned it. Unless they were like, "All right, guys, there's no way we're not getting our properties back before the end of Phase Four, so let's just start yeah. planning." I know they've like they've got to been planning this for a while, so that's why I'm like so, shying away yeah. from X Men or or Fantastic Four bad guys. It's so funny to me that uh, Mystique pops up in the top 10 mm-hmm. Marvel villains. That is purely because of uh, Jennifer, uh, what's her name? Um, the actress that's been playing. Uh, Jennifer, um, oh my God. So bad. <laughs> you're bad at this game, Ray. Um, you're usually really good at this. Um, Jennifer Lawrence. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because Red Skull we've seen, Dormammu we've seen. Um, why is Bullseye in the top ten? That's bizarre. Um, because he's because he's the um, the rival to uh, Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah, that's true. So yeah, it's dude, it's got to be Galactus because that's so great because it's now it's like you know the whole Earth you know is at stake here. He's a world devourer. Like Silver Surfer is gonna come in as a herald, dude. Yes. Okay, so that- so I'm gonna I'm gonna propose two other bad guys one only one of them really takes us away from um from from things that we haven't or that, that doesn't have to do with the fantastic four um two out of like the top 20 that we haven't seen yet. i mean even ronin's up in here um that we've seen we haven't seen i know what you're gonna say 
Who do who am I going to oh. say? Oh, I was going to guess Mephisto. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but who are you going to say? Well, the first one I was going to say that does have, require the Fantastic Four is the Super Scroll because now we have scrolls. That would be a good. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um. But I mean, most of these we've had. Um. Chantress we've had. Crossbones we've had. Um. I mean, then we're now we're now we're getting into Tiger Shark Beyonder. You know. <laughs> well, you also got to think about like. You know, Overkill. I mean, Marvel. They just survived Thanos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Thanos has been be- has been teased since. God, I mean, what was the first Avengers? Mm-hmm. Is is when Thanos was first teased. Um, if you start teasing another major cosmic level, you know, universe destroying or threatening villain in in the next phase, that's pretty fast. I feel like. So then how about this is, is that, how about this is an, then it, Oh, go ahead. It just becomes like, you know, another crossover event, like the comics. That's like, fuck, like, uh, it's, it, it becomes old hat very quickly. What if at the end of far from home, um, Mysterio doesn't die and is in prison and Baron Zemo, who we know is not dead recruits them in the stinger and they start putting together the masters of evil. Right. The masters of evil. Yeah. Which they've already, they can do sinister six because Sony's doing that, but they could do masters of evil because they could do the masters of evil and they could, um, you could get like if the next, cause we don't know where, we don't know where the other, uh, bad guys are, are, you know, who the bad guy is going to be in, Back Black Panther, who the bad guy is going to be in Captain Marvel. We don't know who these bad guys are going right. to be. Um, right. So what if they did like Moonstone for, for um, Captain Marvel and they did, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I don't want to say Tiger Shark because that's a Namor villain. We haven't seen Namor yet either. Yes, we haven't. Um, that's a Fantastic Four character though. Fantastic, Fantastic Four is character. the next franchise. Yeah. They've done the Avengers. Fantastic Four is the next franchise. That'll give them enough time to then do X-Men. Yeah. Those are the three franchises. Like they've done Avengers. They don't need to keep doing Avengers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they took all the, all the lower street level ones and did them through Netflix. So yeah, that, yeah. that's all we have yeah. left really is, is, is going to have to be fantastic Four. that's great. Crazy. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So this is going to be my new nerdy thing is I'm going to try and go through and find out as much as I can about the Eternals. Because that's going to be, I think that's going to be our hint into the next, um, mm-hmm. the next phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else we need to talk about before we scamper? Um, yeah, I, I just want to throw this out there. You and I have to do an episode on um, if the Fantastic Four was the next franchise, now that the Avengers is done, uh-huh. right? What, what will they be building to, which is probably Galactus. And once they get to doing the X-Men franchise, you know they're going to be building to Onslaught. Oh, do you think they'd actually do launch? <laughs> oh, please, Ray. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to. They have to. That's what that would build to. But they don't. That's the big... Don't, that's like... That's, that's the big universe-threatening, reality-threatening villain in X-Men <sighs> is Onslaught. <laughs> 
Oh, we can talk about it later. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta have my, my, okay. So now my two geeky things to do is I have to figure out. I have to figure out how to how, like where where Eternals falls in this and who bad guy what bad guys we get out of there, and I have to figure out how to make sure that Onslaught is not the world ending um, bad guy X Men <laughs> by replacing him with whoever would be. So that will in, be my in new the topic. Avengers. In the Avengers, on the way to Thanos, they faced Loki, they faced Ultron, they faced each other. You know, and Captain America faced Red Skull, Iron Man faced um, uh, the Mandarin, right? Mm-hmm. So Whip Whiplash, you know, uh, uh, Captain America faced uh, uh, what's his name, Cross Crossbones, uh, um, the um, Soundwave one, Claw, Claw, yeah, for, yeah, uh, yeah. for uh, Black Panther. Right. So in X-Men, on the way to Onslaught, they would face Magneto, obviously. They would face Mr. Sinister. They would face Apocalypse, all on the way to the Big Baddie. Well, we can discuss that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, my, my new job is to disprove this theory because I cannot, <laughs> I cannot conceive of a poor because because I like the only the only thing that has been created by Rob Liefeld and and Ray, I don't remember if I sent you the article or not, but there's a whole thing going on with Rob Liefeld right now, which um, I will I will share with you later. Please but, share this. Oh my god! Well, Please share okay, this. now that I know all the listeners, are like, wait, don't leave us hanging. Okay, so apparently, according to my friend Rob, um, Rob Liefeld created this amazing character that he is so proud of and has introduced into the Marvel universe, and his name is Major X. Um, yes, that's, that, that is the name of this character. Is this real? I, I am not shitting you, my friend. Um, I'm going to, I am going to send you, send you a picture in the show notes right now. Oh no. Okay. Um, oh God. And so, so apparently, apparently what happened is, um, the, you know, he was so proud of this character and is so excited about this character and, you know, before he puts out Major X number one, somebody in Marvel sees the character, thinks it's just you know a, a third or fourth tier bad guy, throws it in a crowd scene of people kicking asses of um, third and fourth tier bad guys, and that officially becomes the number the first appearance of this character. And Rob Liefeld lost his shit. When 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 did this happen? It is what it is, is happening right now. It was published. Oh my god! It is happening April third, twenty nineteen. Okay, it was the first date. Okay, I'm gonna have to deep dive. I'm gonna have to yeah, deep dive so, on this. So I'm just throwing <laughs> that out. That is the Rob Liefeld thing. Now you've got to understand, onslaught is only that only happened because of Rob Liefeld. I cannot conceive of a universe where onslaught is allowed to be in the Marvel cinematic universe. They don't, I don't think they would ever need something that badly. Okay. So the reason why I think that villain X-Men villain trumps uh, the, the seriousness or the, the threat level of all the others that I mentioned is because it comes from the X. It's one of them ultimately, right? Spoilers. It's professor Mm -hmm. X. The only other villain that could that could say the same thing, major X Men villain, is Dark Phoenix. 
So how cool would it be for them to give Dark Phoenix its due by making that the Thanos of of the X-Men That would franchise? be that would be the ultimate that would, would that would be what would make the Dark Phoenix Phoenix saga payoff. What it's yeah. supposed to be, right? I, yes, I like that. I I, I, am, I, I can sleep at night with that one. Right? I cannot. How dare you bring into this world the idea of onslaught? I can't even. Oh, that's great. We need to do an onslaught I will, episode. We should I do. I, I'm writing these down. <laughs> onslaught episode. Um, for those like that. That's a comic book, Rob. Uh, that's kind of how you and I first first bonded was over that actually was over because did you look up at my poster and go why the hell do you have that on your wall and I said the only one yeah. I can find that has the Scarlet Witch and somebody uh, else on it yeah it was onslaught poster it was there, that era of oh, X Men so bad so so bad and the only thing worse than heroes heroes um, reborn was heroes returned like it was just like there was oh, nothing God. good about any of that. But even that involved Fantastic Four, or you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's wrap this up. Uh, do, you have, do, you have, do you have anything else, or, or can we do shoutouts? Uh, let's do shoutouts. Why you you do shoutouts while I recover? <laughs> okay. Um, I want to shout out to a couple of specific people um, who uh, st- stand out to me because Joe and I have have we've tried our we're very busy people and we tried our best to stay on schedule in terms of recording these podcasts and getting them out to you. And we know it's been like hella erratic (laughs) this semester, just with all the things we both have going on. I have had a couple of people reach out to me directly and say, Hey, I, I need my fix. I need my geekitude fix. Are you guys on hiatus? When are you guys going to get another episode? And also said, I need to listen to you and Joe talk about Endgame." And so that is my coworker, Jason, um, and um, my friend, Michelangelo, who's actually a, a former iPoly student uh, who follows oh, yeah, us on, on social media on Twitter. Yeah, so Michelangelo Reyes, uh, he reached out to me on Twitter and said, you guys are going to do this, right? Like, I need to hear you both talk about this. So shout out to Jason and Michelangelo, because uh, that was just really cool to know that, you know, even though we've got stuff going on, there, there's people that really want to hear us dive in and geek out about uh, this movie. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I, I do appreciate also – my shout-out is is uh, similar to the one on the episode that I still haven't released yet because I've had, on top of everything else, computer problems. Um, <laughs> the uh, I, I have had a lot of people that when I announced that my, my hand was broken and that I was recovering and it was going to take a while, and between that and – my theater stuff and Ray and his grad school stuff and both of us having work. Um, we're just, we're just not, we're kind of on a semi semi hiatus. Um, but I do want to get this stuff out to you guys, but I do appreciate all the support that everybody's kind of, um, thrown our way and, and everybody's just kind of like, we just want you to come back, but we'll wait. And I, I appreciate you guys for, for your patience. <laughs> we very much appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So this is how it's going to happen. <laughs> and, and hopefully at this point, it's actually happened in this fashion. I am currently trying to edit, which is it required me to re- reformat an entire computer. Um, I am trying to release for either today or tomorrow our Captain Marvel episode. And I'm going to try and get that done at the beginning of this week. So hopefully you've already heard it and it was wonderful and you loved it. Then this Thursday, because I cannot in good conscience allow this episode to not launch the week after 
the movie came out. I will get yeah. this out. And then the poor episode that is like two, two episodes ago with me and beige will come out sometime the week after that. So that is where we are at. If you're like, what is going on with this crazy release schedule? That's where I, where I'm at. I wanted to release captain Marvel on the Thursday, the same day that Endgame came out, but my computer was not going to have it. So I am now trying to figure out how to make sure that that gets edited. It's like halfway done. God, I'm glad you still have the episode. Yeah, no, it's there. <laughs> it's there. It's just the um, the uh, my computer just stopped allowing it to load onto the program that I edited on. So um, I've now got like the first half loaded and scheduled. I've just got to figure it all out. Um, but moving on, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek to Geek Network. Check out other Geek to Geek shows such as the Geek to Geek Podcast, Team T- Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Geek Fitness. Uh, check out our streamers, Capsule J and Twiddle Power, and make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast. You can currently find us at geek2do.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcasters out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. Um, if you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at epicgrays. Ray, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, on various social media platforms at uh, backslash Ray Vargas three. So I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook as well. Uh, you can just uh, go to user Ray Vargas three and I'm there. And that's also my website, rayvargas 3com If you want to check out uh, my paintings and my artwork. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And I'm sure we will have lots and lots of other little things that we realize as we move forward about this movie. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, So, (laughs) you know, contact us on our social media, join our Slack channels, just contact us and and give us your feedback. We want to know what you were loving about this, this movie, because it was kind of amazing. And until next time, remember to keep it geek. Greetings, programs, and applications. I'm Ben, and I am Keith, and we are The The Two Two Gay Gay Geeks. Geeks. We are the nerds behind TG Geeks Webcast, where we talk about sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre. You name it, we talk about it. We release an episode every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Spreaker, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also, look us up on YouTube. And of course, we can be found at tggeeks.com, where you can find not only our webcast, but articles about other geeky goodness. So come along for the wildest ride in the potosphere. Did you just say potosphere? <laughs>